Blog Talk Radio. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and ghouls, step right up. Behind this curtain lies a ghastly concoction of delight, horror, fantasy, and terror. Your every wish is our command. Your every whimsical desire brought to life. But I'm warning you, there's always a price. Welcome to the greatest And welcome back to the greatest show on earth that is Talking Terror. As always, I'm your old pal, the King of Horror, Andy G, welcoming you to this episode of the show where it's February. It's the month of Amore, the month of love. So we're going to continue that with the Ghoul Geek Keith's film pick of the week from 2020, Love and Monsters, directed by Matthew Michaels. So we're going to be talking about that later on in the show. But as always, I am joined by the guy who picked the film for tonight, the Ghoul Geek Keith. If love be rough with you, be rough with love. Prick love for pricking and you beat love down. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Talking Terror. Tonight, we shall speak of love and monsters. (laughs) Forbidden and otherwise. That's why he's bold. That's why he's beautiful, folks, because he brings the amore. Just kiss. To the show, of course. And we are also joined by the psychotic simian, the mad monkey, the prince of my Mars day. Get funky with the monkey. Oh, yes, baby. We're getting more funky than a three-day-old corpse found in the back of a Winnebago in the summertime. But don't you worry, screaming, because it's time to pop in those earbuds and sit there. Fuck you. <laughs> Get ready for that time, baby, where we, Talking Terror crew, your favorite horror podcast in all the land, does the thing that Talking Terror does best. That's right. So we're going to sit there and do horror reviews, nerdgasms, and a horror movie review the only way that Talking Terror can. So make sure you listen live. Make sure you listen on Spotify, make sure you listen on Blog Talk, make sure you listen on iTunes, it really doesn't matter, just as long as you listen, baby, and just as long as you make sure to stalk us on Facebook and Instagram. What's up, Pride Family? Wow. <laughs> Could have to find a new place to hide my bodies, apparently. Fuck, man. <laughs> yeah, give away my secrets. I told you not to go to no, the we love, we love your messages on Instagram. They are, are fascinating <laughs> and fun. And sometimes you're fun to play with as well. (laughs) (laughs) Spreading that love just like COVID. That's what we do over there on the Instagram page. Just as much on the Facebook page where I just post shit, hope it works. (laughs) Thank you all for for being a part of those pages and being a part of the conversation, as it were. But we're also joined by the demonic dean. Welcome, the very astute, the very educated, very opinionated dean. All of those things. All of those things and more. It's true. Thank you for yes, the kind of it is. That's why. Uh, that's why we, we bring you every week. Are here once again to bring forth the the vital information and discussion that our loyal audience craves and desires from us. That is what we do, and we look forward to it every week. So thank you guys for listening and and being a part of those pages. So yeah, love it, love it, love it. Um, I know that there's a lot to talk about in horror news, and also I know the Dean, you want to talk a little bit about Ghostbusters Afterlife. We're going to get there. Uh, but uh, before we kick everything off, uh, last week I had already said it. I was going to see Ghost Volbeat and Twin Temple in Hershey, Pennsylvania uh, last night, which I did. Uh, just thank you so much, Ghoul, for, for pushing me to do it. 
uh, I just forgot how great live music is and just what it is to be a part of an experience. I mean, not my experience necessarily because my section was dead uh, except for Volbeat. Uh, but otherwise, it was a great show. It was in- incredible. Uh, so thank you very much for, for doing that for me, Google. Oh, you're very welcome, bro. I am glad that you got to experience such a uh, such an awesome show. You even found another another new group to uh, to, to yeah. follow as well with their satanic duop. Um, yeah, dude, live, live music is tits, bro. It is it is a great time yeah. and, and and always always something to seek out. Yeah, I, I completely agree. Um, so yeah, uh, Twin Temple. Uh, was the opening act, and like I had said previously, I don't know anything about them. I didn't know. I just knew that they were probably going to be some kind of a metal group that's about Satan. You know, this might be something silly. So I might sit that out and just wait for Volbeat to hit. Uh, I'm, glad I didn't, I'm glad I went in when I did, because there was a guy uh, in the merch line that was waiting to buy his stuff, and he goes, hey, have you heard about Twin Temple? And I was like, no, I have no idea what they're about. I, I'm assuming they're metal. He goes, dude, satanic doo-wop. And I was in. I was like, I don't care what they're about. I was like, just satanic doo-wop. Are you kidding me? That's amazing. So I, I'm glad I, I sat down for them because the whole stage setup was very, uh, you know, satanic black mass inspired. Uh, fat Farmer John next to me had no idea what I was talking about when I said that there were a satanic doo group. He was only there for Volbeat and he was leaving. So he didn't really quite care. He was just going to have to sit through it because they played for a half hour. But the most amazing fucking thing happened as well because this group, Twin Temple, they came out to a full black mass. I mean, they were speaking in Latin. They were speaking about Satan and Lucifer. And then she goes, hey, Hershey, Pennsylvania, be a part of this black mass. Put the horns out. Say, hail Satan. And I said, hail Satan at the top of my lungs, and everybody else was quiet. There may have been five people (laughs) in the entire arena. Not just my section, but the entire (laughs) arena. Like, the entire arena was filled. It was pretty packed. And I maybe heard five people aside from myself go, hail Satan. Everybody's like, ah, ah. And then she's like, yeah, one more time, hail Satan. I was like, hail Satan. And they're like, yeah, yeah. Quite a feeling. That is absolutely quite a feeling. Man. It's like when I went to the uh, went to the Evanescence concert and the one opening band, the guy, I, I don't even remember what the fuck they were, man, but they were like these, these younger dudes. This guy's like gyrating mm. all over the stage and shit like that. And like he finishes up the song. And like, again, like there he is. You're talking like Evanescence post. Ben Moody, so this is like they're in the uh, don't call me when I'm sober period of evidence. Oh, yeah. So you yeah. got a lot of mm-hmm. like teens in the audience with their parents and shit like that, and this fucking guy just straight up goes, well, that song was about fucking, and this song is about <laughs> cocaine, and I fucking <laughs> burst out laughing at the top of my lungs. Meanwhile, in the IZOD Center, silence except for just me fucking dying with laughter because it was just so absurd and in my head i'm just picturing so fucking like there was this one lady that was there with like her daughters and i just pictured in my head the look on her fucking face and the look on her kid's face because they were so vanilla looking that like that must have hit them like a fucking ton of bricks man no yeah totally but um but yeah, dude. Before the show, I actually uh, checked out a, a couple songs uh, of Twin Temple, man. And yeah, they're a good, solid, you know, doo wop kind of sound, man. You know, j- just yeah. very, 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 very classy. And they just, you know, 
you know, like uh, nightclub, you know, loungy kind of sounds, and just so yeah, and, well, yeah. you know, Satan overtones over it, man. It's it's awesome. <laughs> yeah, it's it's it was really fun. And then they they have a new album out called Let's Have a Satanic Orgy. So they played that song, and the the lead singer Alex goes, "All right, everybody." Who wants to have a satanic orgy? And I fucking just jumped up, started clapping, hail Satan. Everybody else around me is like, no, I don't like this. Arms folded, just staring. And she goes, even if you didn't make any noise, you're fucking lying to yourselves. Let's have a satanic orgy. And I was like, yeah. <laughs> you know, I was like, you're all lying to yourselves, you fucking straight white people. Like, you know, but, yeah, it was just it was one of those sections that was weird because Volby came on, and I guess that's what everybody was there for, so they're fucking jumping up and down. They're dancing. I'm half asleep just because I don't like Volby very much, and they didn't really impress me live. But then Ghost comes out with their whole set. They have pyro, they have confetti, they have glitter, all this stuff. And there's this one song that they just released called Die, Mommy, Dearest. And uh, Papa Meredith IV goes, all right, you motherfuckers. He's like, it's okay if I call you motherfuckers, because everybody has a mom, and you might be fucking a mom. So I'm proud of you guys. Fuck mothers. Everybody go fuck a mother tonight. Like, you know, and everybody's like, I don't like this very much. And he's like, whatever. So they play the song, and then he stopped, and he's like, how the fuck are you? He goes, oh, I'm sorry, there's children here. But he goes, no, fuck you guys, because you brought kids. So I'm going to curse as much as I want. <laughs> Motherfucker. <laughs> you brought kids to a awesome. go show. <laughs> Come on, motherfuckers. <laughs> so they do all their hits. The, the, the arena's updating out because Volby's ended. So they do their grand finale, and he's like, all right, this is it. We're done. Thank you, Hershey, very much. He goes, all right, now everybody go home and fuck each other. Just go to the parking lot and meet up and go fuck. I don't care where. Just start fucking. And he's like, okay, see you guys. And he goes, okay, no, I was wrong. I was wrong. We got one more. They go into Square Hammer. Then that time, you know, he's completely done. Glitter bombs everywhere, you know, confetti everywhere, fires going up. And he's like, all right, I'm serious now. Start fucking. I don't care if you do it here. I don't care if you do it in the parking lot. Go fuck off. Everybody fuck off and go fuck each other. And I was like, Oh, man, I was dying in my seat. The couple next to me were like, I think that means we can go okay. now. Like, oh. <laughs> did, you follow, did you follow his request? I jerked off a lot of that's what you mean. I, mean, I didn't have anybody there to fuck. So I just <laughs> went back to my hotel room, looked in the Twin Temple, and, and jacked fucked off. himself. That's right. I technically did fuck. It was just myself. There was, you know, oh, I thought you were going to say you jerked off right there, and then you, and you, then you threw it in the face of the people that were just all vanilla next to you. <laughs> oh, I should have. Yeah, because they, they didn't know what to do during Ghost. They just very concerned, very just arms folded, especially during year zero where the chant is Hail Satan, and I'm up on my fucking feet with the devil horns up. You know, I put that video <laughs> up on my Facebook page. I was fucking loving it. They're just sitting there like, oh, my God. Like, are they really saying Hail Satan right now? So why did you stay? Like, why are you still here? Go home. If you don't know who Ghost is, go home. Like, just leave because there's a lot of Satan in their songs. You know, because they weren't there for Twin Temple. They just showed up for Volbeat, so they were probably wide awake. Like, what the hell? Like, this guy's saying Lucifer a lot. Like, I don't know what the hell that's about. Volbeat's just singing about fucking being an outlaw and, you know, fucking shotgun blues. That's all we wanted to see. We wanted to see this guy talk about the Dark Lord. <laughs> it was just, so, just so fucking amazing. And yeah, then I left my hotel room like a crime scene the morning after. Because, hey, I didn't have anybody to fuck, so I had to fuck myself. So it looks like a Jackson Pollock painting there, I'm sure. Put a black light there. <laughs> oh, shit. Did you at least do it on the spare bed? Because I know you had two beds yep. in your room. Did you at least do your business oh, yeah. on the one and then sleep on the other? 
Oh, no, that, yeah, the one that I didn't use, that was the fuck that. That's the one where I just got fully just naked and just started just going down, going, Hail Satan. This one's for you, big guy. <laughs> There you go. So, and then you didn't sleep in your own filth, which is which is, which is no, good. I mean, I, I just do switched it, over. Whatever. I showered off. You know, I, I looked myself in the mirror. And I said, you did it. Yeah, no, I, I can't sleep in a kitchen. I had a few beers, spent $50 on pay-per-view adult films. He was like, oh, I feel like I'm 13 again. Watch this kid max. Yeah, no, I mean, they, they had quite a list to choose from. So, hey, listen, I got to choose a couple. Pay for a couple, and then I just turn that room into a fucking crime scene. I was with myself. I was like, Satan would be happy with this. I was like, I'm sure Papa noticed there's someone out there smiling. Yes, you fucked yourself. Like, you did what I asked you to do. I did, Papa. Are you proud of me, Papa? <laughs> and in case you were wondering, the, the king doesn't shoot off glitter bombs. <laughs> I'm like, ghost. <laughs> yeah, no, no, there was, there was bombs dropped, but they weren't full of glitter. Filled, filled with my children. <laughs> Man, I got a lot of wrist kids that night. Knuckle bombs. Fucking soaked into the sheets of the fucking fucking days in or wherever the hell you stay. Yeah, it was it was a knockoff chain called like Escape In or something like that. But no, and your shirt ghoul that I bought was not on the jerk-off bet. It was on the camera. <laughs> Thank so, God. It, it, was, it wasn't used as a cum rag? Yeah, <laughs> far away from the splash zone. I made sure to keep it away from there. So I was like, you know, no, it's going to be okay. It's over there in the bag, safe and sound. You know, he's not going to be like, why does it smell like cum? I don't know. <laughs> That's how they came. I don't know. I bought it, and I was like, oh, is this the cum edition? Oh, this is a nice tourist shirt. It smells, like cum. Cum. <laughs> it smells like cum and Punisher body spray. You bring up an interesting statement right there. Because, I mean, you know, okay. I, I, I'm now 44 years old. Like, what does cum smell like? I don't think at any point in my life have I ever been like, you know, with it on my fingers, have I put it up to my nose and been like, what's that smell? You know, no. it's definitely not dookie. You know, uh, dookie. I, I, I'm, not a de- I'm not a denier. You know what I mean? I've tasted it, obviously. It's like, you know, unfortunately, every now and again, you pop yourself in the, you pop yourself in the face and it's a fucking drag, you know, like, uh, just try not to hit well, your eye. Um, but yeah. it's got that or you're plan, going for, or you're going for a round two and you accidentally get some. <laughs> now, going for round two is always a fucking dribbler, bro. That shit's like, yeah. you know, <laughs> yeah. like a, you know, like kind of. No, no, I know, I know. I'm sa- no, I'm saying you start round two and you didn't actually get everything cleaned up from round one. So sometimes you're like, oh, oh so yep, uh, yeah, that was me. <laughs> oh. Yeah, the, the problem with that too, though, is, is it gets sticky. You know what I mean? It's, it's mm-hmm. like if it, at first it might work like almost like a, a, a lube of sorts, but then it starts to get tacky, and then you're just like, ah, I'm rashing myself up here. I just, just stop. <laughs> yeah. No, it has no lasting effects, unfortunately. Nothing good. It dries up. Wonder why my place. So wonder why my dick is a completely different color than the rest of my skin tone. <laughs> you're putting it to work, which is good. There's a lot of jobs out there. It needs to be done. <laughs> yeah, unfortunately, the lasting effects. That's true. Yeah. Unfortunately, the lasting effects of cum are just 20 years of child support. <laughs> yeah, not for me, sir. <laughs> <Got me. laughs> 
Somewhere out there. You get good with that. Somewhere out there in a hotel bed, there's like a an Uncle Frank from Hellraiser, like just starting to like form inside of like a mattress <laughs> in a hotel somewhere. It can be like the, like the us version of uh, you know the us version of Andy. It can be the evil one. It's about God. No, it's going to be the good one. It's going to be the good one. Oh my God! It's going to Sunday service. It's the good Andy. Oh what the hell, Satan! I love you. He fucking votes Republican. Oh shit! No, no. No, then you're your brother, no, no. Then, then your then your big brother, the big brother's gonna be like, oh my god, I love my new little brother. We're gonna best the kings, the kings, Trump supporting mattress come baby. Ooh. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, that's a horror movie all in of itself. That's a real life horror movie. Like, no mattress baby, don't vote for Trump again. We need that to take the first time. Making company. <laughs> oh, and I just got a job as a preacher at the local church. No, the one place I told you not to go. The one profession. The one thing I told you not to do. Well, you denied me for 18 years. I'm sorry, you're a cum baby. I didn't know what I was supposed to do. You don't even have a mother. See, you I just have a fist for a father man, and mother. See, that's the problem about being a single parent, man. You didn't know about keeping your baby off the cross. I didn't know. I didn't conceive it with another person. It was just my fist. <laughs> my fist is a generous lover. I can't help it. <laughs> so, so, yeah, it was, a, it was a great show. I had a great time, uh, and I highly recommend it. I can't wait to see Twin Temple again and go, Volbeat, uh, stay home. You know, you're not welcome. <laughs> you just bring out the farmers and, and the Karens and the Chads who just want to bop along to your weird Cher meets Elvis uh, song stylings. Very weird, very eccentric. Not my thing. But moving on from that, uh, Dean, you know, if you have the floor for horror news, I'd love to hear what you got. What are we talking about? Uh, yep. Every, I don't know what everybody's uh, doing has been. And mm-hmm. I'm thinking, are you hearing me? You're breaking, you're you're breaking up, You're baby. kind of fading in and out. Okay, am, am I good? I don't know. You only said a couple of words. I mean, <laughs> well, anyway. I've been wanting to talk about Afterlife because uh, I did finally get around to seeing it. So I wanted oh. to ask if I know Monkey, I know you've seen it. I mean, sorry, I mean, uh, King, I know you've seen it. Blue, I know you've seen it. Monkey, yep. have you seen Afterlife yet? Yeah, dude. Yes, I have. All right, good. All right, you can open it up. I finally got around to think about checking it? it out. And I know that uh, I to no, no, please, I haven't seen it. Finally no, saw it. You're pinging, and you're pinging in and out again, man. All right, well, I'm going to fucking bounce out and come back. All right, carry up. Bye. Okay. Well, will. All right, so... Uh, Thank God, now we don't have to any, talk uh, about Afterlife. No, I'm just kidding. Finally, okay, no one all right. About so did anybody check out last week's episode of Wrestling? <laughs> sure did. What a great show. Yeah. What about uh, the Boba Fett show that you guys are watching? Did you check out the finale, uh, we, uh, Monkey? Uh, no, no, no. We will cover that next week. All right, let's get... I have not had a chance to get to the finale. Unfortunately, it is the finale. I didn't realize that until the ghoul was like, dude, check out the finale. I was like, shit. 
it's over already. So we will we will cover oh, that because we will. And by next we will cover this. Be like, well, yeah, we're, we're, we're the finale, and I'm gonna be like, yeah, this is old news, man. I'm already like, you know, 18 shows deep and something else, man. I forgot about it. Fuck, uh, finale well, was thin, well, man. I would just, definitely it, uh, it, definitely it, jump on that shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, no, I'm I'm gonna catch it this weekend. It's just also like let's give it a week for it to cool down, let people actually get a chance to watch it, you know, because of our tens of fans that are listening right now, you know, we don't want to spoil it for in case you haven't had a chance to watch it, you know. What? Our tens of fans, that's what I said. Um, Five, maybe. But, yeah. All of them are like, dude, none of us watch fucking Boba Fett. When you assholes talk about horror movies instead of cum babies. (laughs) Yeah. My my horrible cum baby that got raised on a mattress in Hershey, Pennsylvania. But <laughs> while, while while we are waiting for Dean pop back on, I have been looking you up, bet. and unfortunately, oh no. okay, Shut I'll, I'll save it for up. next week. Am I coming through loud and clear? Yes. yes. Okay. Now, now We're all right. Clear as a now you it's loud. Please. Right. <laughs> button. I apologize for the technical hiccup, <laughs> but what I was saying always was professional. That you all wanted to bring up uh, Afterlife, and I was like, please wait for me, and I finally yeah. got a chance to see it. So I did want to – and I don't want to take too much time talking about it. Uh, we're not – Dude, that they were going to cover it. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, you know, it's, it's an important one to spend a couple minutes with, given its history and everything, and I finally got around to seeing it. So I was just curious on what all of your thoughts were uh, briefly on the Ghostbusters Afterlife film. I mean, I already gave mine, you know, when I saw it in theaters. So yeah. I'll, I'll sit this one out and just uh, let you guys take over. Yeah, again, it's just it was one of those movies where it's like the, it was hitting the right spots. Um, and I think this movie could have just been a great movie if they had just gone the route of a different final villain. I thought that was unnecessary and just downright fucking stupid. Uh, they They could have, like, done anything – like any other creature, they didn't have to go the route of that creature. They could have created a new creature and still had the exact same fucking storyline. They didn't need to rehash that. Uh, Ghoul, what do you think of it? I uh, it. I enjoyed Afterlife. I liked all the callbacks that, that it had in there. It had a couple of moments where there were some 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 tear jerking some tear-jerking shit going on right there. Uh, I do feel like the, the script was a little underserved, uh, specifically towards the adults in the film. Uh, I think that they were very, very poorly written, or whatever was written to them was completely left on the, on the cutting room floor so that everything could try to be about the kids. The problem with that is, is as an adult watching the film, the, the, the kids were just not... I mean, were they entertaining? Yeah, but they were just not doing it completely for me. I wasn't watching this thinking to myself, man, these kids are as interesting as Stranger Things kids. It was more like, yeah, I mean, okay, these, these kids are doing this thing. Stranger oh, that's, you know, that's, 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 I know that it was one of the Stranger Things kids. I'm just saying they were not written as interestingly as the Stranger Things kids were or written as the fucking Cobra Kai kids are. You know, like they just they no. really – shortchanged the adults, which I would have enjoyed a little bit more of a storyline of. The, the the daughter could have been played by somebody else. Uh, she was completely a fucking just a 
pretty much useless throughout the entire film anyway, but there's a couple things. I know me and Andy had kicked around on that, that, that they could have done differently there. Uh, yeah, mm-hmm. so like I said, at some point we're going to cover this movie. So when we do that, you know, I can expound upon all these different thoughts and ideas for it. But overall, did I enjoy it? Yes, I found myself smiling by the time it was ending. Uh, I own the film, so, so I'm glad I do. So, so Dean, Dean, what you know? What did you think, man? Did you enjoy the ride or what, man? Um, kind of so, not really. My, um, mm. I yeah, I mean, look, I liked it, but I was hoping that I was gonna truly was hoping that I was gonna like it more. I just felt overall that it was just kind of bland. Um, I felt that the parts that were supposed to be suspenseful, hence. Uh, like when all of the ghosts get released and are flying through the town. Like, it just was all just there and happening, and I felt like they didn't really build the suspense good. Um, I do think, uh, and one of you just said this, that the plot was like pretty much a straight-up rehash of the same plot from the first movie, just in a different setting. And I know how they explained it, and there were references to why it was there that were connected to the first film. Um, I thought that... Uh, the inclusion, uh, one, it was weird for me uh, having Paul Rudd be one of these characters, and I read today that Paul Rudd actually turned down reprising his role as Tommy Jarvis in Halloween Kills to be in the Ghostbusters movie. Uh, Doyle. But I feel that they get yes, so Tommy much Doyle. introduction. Move, Sorry, anyway. Tommy, what did I say? What did I say? Did I say yeah, Tommy really? Jarvis? Well, we're going to have Paul Rudd running around saying, Evil dies tonight! <laughs> yeah. But anyway, anyway, I feel I feel that um, they they spent so much time introducing his character, and once the Walmart sequence happened, and by the way, whenever ever is uh, one person the only person inside an entire Walmart, but after the Walmart know, sequence, right? when he got taken by the, the terror dog, like then you never saw him again, essentially. You know what I mean? It was just, mm-hmm. there was just like a lot of weird things and like weird things that like coincidental things that move the plot always happen in movies. But I feel like it was just one thing after the next, uh, even at the exact moment that the OG characters arrive. Um, I just feel like it just all, and, and yes, it was heartfelt at the end and touching and it was emotional, but I just think overall from start to finish, I was a little bit let down. And, I, and it, this is not a case, case of me having like hyped it up that there was no way it was going to achieve my hype. I just felt it could be kind of flat. Yeah, no, you're not, you're not wrong. Like I said, man, there's there right? a lot yeah. of writing holes in it, a lot of, you know, under, underperformances. Um, underserved characters, and yeah, it, it, it is completely a rehash of it. Uh, you know, uh, did it? Like I said, did it make me smile? Yeah, by the end, it made me smile. But think about it this way: they gave us something completely new and different in 2016, and what did we all say? Wow, we don't like it. We want we want it to be more like what it used to be. That's what we want. So what did they give us? They gave us something that was almost identical to what it used to be. And what are what are people saying? Wow, we don't like it. Why don't you give us something original? Ultimately, you can't make fucking anybody happy anymore with this kind of shit. So, like I said, for me, when it was all said and done, did I have a good time watching the movie? Yes. It made me giggle a couple times. I liked some of the things I saw, but I did want more of the movie as well. I wanted something more than what it did give me. Agreed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, yeah. Uh, everybody has their opinion about it, and I'm glad that we, 
Well, you were able to see it, uh, Dean, you know, and give your opinion, and it's it's warranted. You know, there was plenty of things in that movie where I had I had with, you know, in, in terms of, of plot and just kind of retreading what happened in the first one. I was like, okay, well, you know, we definitely want something different. I know I did, but the next I don't mind one, 2016. Sh- it wasn't bad. It wasn't terrible. <laughs> Again, that movie should have – I've said it a thousand times. I'm going to fucking say it until they finally fix the fucking thing. You know, that movie needed to be so it, – it deserved to be so much funnier than what they gave us. Those yeah. women yeah. deserve so much better writing because so many of them are so fucking hysterical. They are great performers and they are fucking hilarious. So how they could have written such a fucking bad movie for those four, I have no idea. But what we should get for the next movie, you know what, look, we can, we can fix this all. We're going to take the characters from fucking Afterlife. We're going to take the characters from 2016's movie and we're going to put them all together in one big, huge fucking Ghostbusters orgy, okay? And then no. we finally have the Ghostbusters no. movie that we've all wanted to see. And we're going to put a gorilla in it, too, okay? Just because, you know oh, what, this yeah. may could be the fucking other Ghostbusters <laughs> as well. Oh, I see what you I see what you did there. All right, cool. Mm-hmm. I, I, I saw what you did there. Okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we're, we're bringing we're, okay. Amazing. We're bringing in Funimation. We're bringing in Funimation as well. I got oh. you. <laughs> oh, that's it. That's it. We're gonna have the, the it's like the, the Ghostbusters version of the MCU. We're gonna fucking put it all <laughs> together now. Now we're gonna go <laughs> fucking ooga booga, well, baby. Yeah. But then you got to bring in like the extreme show. Ghostbusters cartoon. You got to bring in the real Ghostbusters cartoon. You got to have them show up at some point because it's a multiverse. So even animated characters can show up and be like, "What the hell? We we shouldn't even be in this universe." And then say, like, "Well, you the fuck you are," because this is the Ghostbusters <laughs> universe. Anything goes. So that way, everybody into the Buster. Nobody's disappointed. <laughs> the, Buster- <laughs> the Busterverse. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Busters. Oh, the like Busterverse. <laughs> Perfect. But then yeah. again, that could also be a world in which all of the people that Vin Diesel calls Buster are all together, like trying yeah. to fight the evil villain that is Vin Diesel. Yeah, he had a hard on for that word in that first uh, Fast and Furious movie. There's a reference they can like, get why? their they can get their training at Buster head. Burger University. Oof! Oh. They can have any beer they want as long as it's a Corona. Or I mean, Busterverse could also be my idea for my sex world. You can call it Busterverse. Everybody busts in sex world. Sex world! <laughs> oh, I love it. It's got to be a thing one day. We'll, we'll get there. But, all right. Uh, so, Dean, what do you have for our news tonight? What are we talking about? Uh, I did also want to just mention real quick uh, that the Firestarter trailer uh, had been released. I know that uh, yeah. I brought up this film uh, just a few weeks ago in our in our. Uh, pre-show department or our pre-film discussion department because the director of said film had promised all kinds of carnage including face melting and you know heads on fire and all of all of this so uh you know whether that plays out as promised we shall see but the first trailer has arrived and uh also coming with the first trailer uh was the word that uh, this is going to be a, a a a dual release to both the theaters as well as on to Peacock on May 13th. Which, uh, to be honest, I feel like that might be a better idea for this particular movie. I know King uh, earlier in the mm-hmm. chat you were like, "Oh, uh, I am uh, going to certainly see this on Peacock." Um, I feel yep. that this is one in 
an older uh, Stephen King property and one that uh, often gets kind of lost in the shuffle of all of the other Stephen King stuff, both the book and the movie. Um, the movie was moderately successful in its time, but I think it's old enough that, like, the tar- who knows who, who the actual target audience is, but people like us uh, might be perfectly happy to watch this at home versus making the journey to the movie theater. So uh, I, I feel like I understand their, their, their push for the, or not, their plan to release it both simultaneously into the theaters and onto Peacock at the same time. Yeah, because again, people still aren't 100% comfortable going to the theaters. I know me personally, that's why I still haven't gone to go see Spider-Man yet, is because I'm, you know, I and then the diva where, you know, her health conditions, you know, d- you know, are questionable and she's highly susceptible and shit like that. We just don't feel comfortable going out in public and going to a theater. Plus, yeah, I'm a cheap motherfucker as well, ghoul. Yeah, I know. Um, <laughs> so, but, but still, yeah, you know, I, yeah, I just don't feel safe going there. And if, you haven't stolen and if it I, already. <laughs> and if I have the opportunity, and if I have an opportunity to see this on Peacock, which I do pay for, because WWE, <laughs> um, then yeah, I'm you know I'm definitely gonna check it out here versus going to a theater. Yeah, yeah good point. I mean, I I just would rather see it on Peacock because it didn't look good. And I, I told the show, I was like, eh. I was kind of, I just wasn't impressed. I mean, I know that they're not gonna show everything in the trailer, so. Obviously, the face melting and all that stuff is going to be saved, but I, I don't know. I just had literally no reaction to the trailer. I saw I was like, oh, all right. Like, this is, could just be a sequel to the Pirate Starter. I don't know. I, just, I don't know. I know it's a reboot, and I don't mind Zac Efron, but I don't know. Just didn't really excite me where I was like, fuck yeah, dude. Can't wait for that movie. I'm going to go see it. I was well, like, yeah. Yeah, because even the first movie though, it's not like it's a huge, huge movie. It's like it's a really fucking slow burn till you get to all the shit that was actually in the trailers back in the day. Uh, sorry, go out of me to cut you off. What were you gonna say? No, 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 no. You were you were making a great point there though. Um, you know, like the the original film, you know, it was one of those that I remember seeing as a kid. And as a kid, it was kind of one of those movies that like I enjoyed watching it because it had Drew Barrymore in it, and she was a kid like me, and she was in ET, and you know, all the all the things that like I knew Drew from as as a child. Um. You know, but also as a kid watching that movie, it was one of those movies that I did also feel like, you know, it's kind of boring at times until it gets real good and fireballs start fucking flying everywhere because Drew Barrymore is a badass when she finally fucking comes into it all. Um, (laughs) But, you know, as I got older and, you know, started to see more of, you know, more of what's in, you know, in, in a film, seeing George C. Scott's performance, you know, which was, yeah. was fantastic, and the way he builds the relationship and the give and take between him and Drew Barrymore, you know, which, again, was just showing how how seasoned or how well-groomed she was as a child actress to perform the way she did in some of those roles. Um, so, so I know when they made, like, the, the sequel to it, and then they, they did the remake of it. Like, they've, they've tried this before. Um, to, you know, I don't know, like, silly-ish little, little, little things. I, I never really got into any of them. But I actually did watch this trailer, and it gave me a little bit of hope. You know what? I know the actress 
in this. She was in the latest season of American Horror Story, uh, or at least I know she was in the first half of it. We we stopped kind of watching a little, like it was a a weird like dual feature type of deal where the first portion of it was these weird vampire things and like this drug that was fucking inspiring people. Um, and, and she has a major role in that half of it. The second half of it turns into this weird alien invasion thing, which is like played out like a McCarthy era type of fucking black and white shit. It was just, God, it was kind of too out there for me to fucking even like. I couldn't even enjoy it from like a science fiction perspective because it just fucking irritated <laughs> me for some reason. Um, but so so I know her from that, and you know what? She actually was a, a, a fairly strong performer to almost a similar degree of Barrymore, which was interesting. You know, um, I, I don't feel that way about a lot of child actors and, and actresses, and this girl kind of has that, that, that quality. Um, and Zac Efron, you know, he's developed into an actual actor. Oh, um, there we I go. You and your fucking heart on for a fucking high school musical. I knew it was coming. <laughs> listen, listen, uh, again, I honestly thought that you know, if you would have told me when High School Musical came out that any of these kids would have gone on to, like, actually have successful careers, I probably would have laughed and been like, nah, most of them are going to be on Disney Channel movies, which, guess what? Most of them are on Disney Channel movies. You know, Vanessa Hudgens and Zac Efron, you know, both kind of moved their way out of that. Um, but I think Vanessa Hudgens at this point is now in the, I'm making like Lifetime movies or making like Hallmark oh. Channel style movies. Uh, I saw her in something recently where it was almost like she didn't even look like herself. Um, she's so like gaunt and like, like, I don't know. Everything that I found about her that was like pretty seems to have like kind of like gone away as she like, I don't know if it was plastic surgery or, or what. Um, oh, it might just be that she's older and I just like younger chicks. I have no fucking idea. But Zach Efron, <laughs> on the other hand, has developed into a decent, at least, actor. You know, like he was, he can be funny when he needs to be funny. He can be dramatic and serious when he needs to be dramatic. Um, you know, I thought he was good as Bundy. Uh, he was he was in the uh, I don't know whatever fucking that comedy one is I don't know Grown Ups or Neighbors one of the fucking uh, Neighbors you know what I mean and he was he was good in that. Um, yeah, I, he was. He was yeah. great in Baywatch. You know, like the Baywatch yeah. movie. He's yeah. Fucking, oh, yeah. Like, I thought, honestly, like I was going to be all about The Rock in that movie. And Efron actually fucking kind of surprised the shit out of me. <laughs> and I'm like, this motherfucker is actually pretty good. Um, so I'm, I'm kind of looking forward to what he can bring because the father's role in Firestarter is, you know, I mean, it's, it's three parts. You know, it's the father, it's yep. Charlie, and, and then it's the doctor. So or, or, mm -hmm. I can't remember the guy's yeah. name, uh, George e. Scott's character's <clears throat> name at the moment. Um, so it's those three that need to be strong. You know what I mean? So I know Zach can do it. I've seen this actress put in decent performances. Now it's, you know, where's that third part? If that third part is played properly, this can be a really good movie, or at least a very entertaining and updated version of, of, of something that I liked when I was younger. Yeah, I agree. Uh, but and and you know, I'm just busting your balls about that guy from because we've actually talked. And it's like, yeah, we are all like, shit. Yeah, he can actually fucking act. God damn it! <laughs> and as cute as a button too. Yeah, and, yeah. On top of that, with that fucking head, the monkey approved. Back and shit like that. 
<laughs> I know, man. I know you want to do shots off of his belly and all that stuff, monkey. It's it's okay. Yeah. I get it. You're good. Totally good. You know? <laughs> I, uh, I, I don't have a hard on for him or High School Musical. Do I enjoy that movie? Yeah, I've, I've enjoyed it. But, you know, just because it's... I don't know. I still haven't caught up on High School Musical, the musical, the series. I'm still like a few episodes behind on that. So that started. That started. Yeah, you know. Every time. I'm sorry. It's just every time you say it, I just fucking lose my shit when you say it because they actually called it that. And I'm just like, holy fuck. <laughs> That's a fucking. Bloody. I'm entertained by the title as well. You know what I mean? Which is why I say it because it's just actually like it's funny that somebody actually decided like, hey, this is what we're gonna fucking name this thing, and somebody else greenlit that and was like, yep, that makes sense. <laughs> All right, cool. All so right, so, it so Dean, what, <laughs> so Dean, what else you got, brother? So, given uh, oh, okay. six, Scream Six has officially been confirmed by Spyglass and Paramount, uh, with James Vanderbilt and Gary Busick, um, the writers of Scream Five. Of course, we know it's known as Scream saying that they have a great idea for where the story should go. Stop. And, uh, di- Don't directors... say anything about any characters, bro. Don't say anything no, about no, no, any no, characters. No, 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 got nothing. I, wanna... I haven't seen it. Nothing. I have nothing specific. And directors Don't say Matt anything Berlin if they mention Open. any character names in that fucking report. Don't say anything, because that tells me something. No, I have nothing. I have movie. none of it. I have none of it. Better not have I have nothing. none of it. I have nothing. Uh, directors Max okay. Bellini Open and Tyler Gillett uh, said that they would sign on a heartbeat and right now, uh, given that the, the Scream film made over $100 million and has been greenlit with the creative team of both writers and both directors uh, signed on to bring Scream 6 uh, to the screen. So that is the information I have. No character information, nothing else, just that. Righto. Great. Looking forward to seeing what happens and not having Nev Campbell die. So that's going to be fun. See what happens with uh, uh, Scream 6. And screen sixteen. Motherfucker. You're asshole. <laughs> <laughs> Just calling it now. Just saying. Hey, listen. <laughs> you are a cunt. I, I, you are Who'll such a fucking cunt. <laughs> and he does not mean hey, that hey. in the good butcher way. He means that in nope. a no. bad way. Uh, You're a bad, <laughs> dirty. Stinky one. And Courtney Cox is going to be the one to kill. That'll be screen seven. Tony Cox? Yeah. Yeah, Courtney Cox is going to kill Nev Campbell's character in part seven. Oh, Courtney Cox? I thought you said Tony Cox. I was like, the dude from Bad Santa? Really? Yeah. Yeah, he's going to do it. Tony Cox is going to be the killer in part six. Just as a little ghost face running around stabbing people. Yeah, I guess yeah, I guess that that would be the the proper terminology. He'd be the little ghost face. Right? That's not a little ghost face. That's not that's not against him. They call themselves little people, so he'd be a little ghost face. He'd be a little ghost face. I mean, that's just that's what it would be. I mean, that's fine. It's not the rock. Now, is that racist? Would he be considered uh, running around in white face in that movie? Oh, that's a good question. Not like reverse oh. black face. These are questions that need to be answered by the writers. We're going to hold them to it. Once Scream yeah, 6 I mean, comes out. Scream is a deep franchise with very smart writing. You know, Kevin is. Williamson, he writes that shit, and it's all about the intelligence and, and subversion. So, so we have to tackle race issues with our Scream franchise. 
as well as gay rights and all of those things too. Please. It's important. It's not Disney. Issues that, well, no, I mean, you know, but we need these issues raised in our slasher movies. Where else are we going to learn about them if not for slasher movies? They teach us so much. They teach us how to love and not to hate. Yeah, that's the ultimate message of those movies. I thought that taught us that Joshua were fucking assholes, and that's why they're the first ones to die in the horror movies. Kill well, equally. But that's what it says. If you're going to kill, kill indiscriminately. Just, that's just what kill. it should be. Yeah, they, they, yeah. Killers don't see color, and they don't see sexual you know, genders or anything else like that. They just see death. They don't need to know that you're black or that you're gay or that you're transgender. They just want your blood. So technically, killers are really hard on base. it. I mean, killers really set the base. They, just, they don't discriminate. You have a heartbeat, and they want it to stop. They don't care what you are. Oh, I mean, I don't know. Some some serial killers you know, pick specific targets. So, well, I'm talking about I'm, I'm not talking about real serial oh, killers. Okay. I'm talking about like, uh, cool. Michael and Jason and stuff like that. Yeah, they don't give a fuck. Oh, okay. they, don't, they don't care who no, you are. No, definitely not. Just, just no. Unless you bust a rhyme. They won't fuck yeah. with you if you bust a rhyme. Well, no, because then you'll just right. stand there and take a, book, uh, a bunch of Kung Fu cakes, just like you did. Or, in we won't, we won't kill LL either. Trick or treat, motherfuckers. Sharks, sharks won't kill him either. You know what I mean? They, they won't kill LL either. Fucking sharks won't get him. The fucking, yeah. You know, Michael Myers won't get him. Yeah, I mean, LL Cool J took a bullet to the head in H2O, and he still survived to go on the Redhead's erotic thriller about juicy melons. Mm, survived a He's smart guy. fucking kid, kitchen explosion and shark attacks by super... Fucking intelligent shark creatures. Well, <laughs> I mean, you know why? <laughs> because it's had us like a shark thing. We learned that in the soundtrack. That's why it's pretty <laughs> Oh, shit. That's, that's, right. that's right. That's right. Oh. Yeah. Nope. Nope. I totally fucking... I removed that fucking song and, and that soundtrack from my fucking database completely, and you just brought it like crashing right back fucking into my head. Fuck you, Damn again, right man. It, Thank you so much. <laughs> guys, you're welcome. That's what I do. I bring the earworms that you guys forget about, that you block mentally, and I just bring them right back. Like, return to the Mac. You're welcome, monkey. Fuck you. <laughs> you can't fuck with Mac Morrison. It's the Mac. <laughs> <laughs> the only return you really wanted. I do. I do have a question for the dean, real quick here, since I know we're, we're yes, like completely off the rails. We're, we're off the rails this week, so as you all see, hard <laughs> fucking completely all over the place. Um, <laughs> it's been seven days since last we all congregated here at Talking Terror, and I guess we need to know the update for your countdown. Have you played Friday the Thirteenth, the game? Ooh, good question. No, oh, like said, shit. Uh, <laughs> so like I had said, upon, upon, upon downloading the game, I did like open the game and take like a brief look, but I didn't get into anything with it. But no, since that moment, no, I have not returned uh, to it. So, so when did you download this thing? Like three weeks ago? Four now. Uh, it's been... One well, week since... Sorry. No, I can, I can tell you. It's... Uh, it was probably uh, January, like maybe like uh, December 30th, maybe even uh, New Year's Eve during the day, the 31st, uh, but probably oh. sometime around then. Well, it's been a bit of time. Yeah. 
It's been over a month. Well, oh, wow. Keep the streak alive. Almost a month and a half. Almost. Keep yeah. that streak going. <laughs> Don't stop believing. You know, again, my, part, of, part of my issue was, you know, during, during my time frame was the fact that there was no matchmaking that worked for the game. So, like, you can sit there and hit the button to enter a game, but the system would just mm-hmm. sit at a loading screen for, I don't know, sometimes. You know, and, again, obviously, when you're talking about me, I exaggerate, you know, so, so many things, specifically time. Um you know, so, really? so what might have felt like 15 fucking minutes for me was probably longer, you know, probably more along the lines of like a four or five minute period in which I sat there with a little right. fucking circle saying loading, loading, loading. And it's like, you know what, if I'm not in a game within that time frame, I ain't playing this shit. So I'd always end up backing nah. out and being like, nope, I'll just do this again another day. Nah. Yeah, I, I'm I'm the same way, man. When you're in the fucking waiting room, you know, wait, waiting to get into a group game, you're like if it, it if it takes longer than five minutes, I'm gone. <laughs> Fuck that shit. <laughs> and again, that was just uh, the poor setup for the game back then. Now it shouldn't be uh, anywhere near an issue. Uh, it's just no, actually, all the the matchmaking works perfectly. Uh, <laughs> all right, so good. So well, keep us updated, Dean. We're gonna get the countdown clock back up again, but uh, I, I, I certainly do. So what else do you have for us? What are we talking about? Uh, so some things I'd like to talk about, Tim, to answer your question. Uh, Goosebumps, R.L. Stein's Goosebumps. It's been announced that there's going to be a live action series coming to Disney+. Plus. Uh, it's going to be uh, coming first as a 10-episode order. Uh, this Goosebumps series is going to follow a group of five teens, high schoolers, who unleash supernatural forces upon their town, and must work together thanks to and despite uh, friendships, rivalries, and pasts with each other uh, to save it. Uh, Goosebumps, obviously, aside from the feature films, uh, was previously a series with 74 episodes between 1996 and 1998 uh, that aired on Fox Kids Network uh, back in that time frame. But Goosebumps uh, coming live uh, to Disney Plus uh, sometime later this year. Oh, that's cool. I look forward to that. I don't have Disney Plus, but I'd have to for Goosebumps. I was a fan of that series back in the day. That and Only Afraid of the Dark, which also had a reboot recently. Kind of fun. Uh, yes, Going it back did. to the well. Yes, it did. All right. Well, what's next? Uh, that was great. All right. Uh, there is going to be a modern-day retelling of the strange case of Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. Hmm. Uh, this one, uh, which has the tentative, simple title of Dr. Jekyll, uh, will be starring uh, gender-fluid gender comedian Eddie Izzard, uh, who will be playing, uh, who will be playing uh, Jekyll in this new adaptation, this modern interpretation. And filming is currently underway in the UK already. So no word on release date or anything, but a new interpretation of Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. Sounds fun. I'm on board. I like Eddie Izzard. Very cool. I haven't heard him in a while. Haven't heard from him in a while, so it's good to see him back doing something. So it's great to see him. All yes. right, so next, what do we got? Uh, so there was yesterday a, a very, very, very short teaser trailer uh, released, and like so short it wasn't even worth mentioning, uh, but mm-hmm. released for Jordan Peele's next film, Nope. Uh, you know, the bulk of the teaser trailer 
made up of images from his previous films, Get Out and Us. And then at the very end, they just one by one showed the faces of the three main characters uh, with uh, Jordan Peele veteran Daniel Kaluuya uh, and Kiki Porter and The Walking Dead's Glenn Stephen Yoon. Uh, but this was to let us know that this Sunday, the Super Bowl Sunday, will be a more extensive trailer uh, released for Jordan, Phil, uh, Jordan Peele's film, Nope. Uh, so... Uh, the release date of the film is July 22nd and universal apparently is looking to build this film up as a true horror event. Uh, it was shot on Kodak film with some, uh, in 65 millimeter IMAX format. So, uh, it sounds like no expense spared, uh, and starting the promotion, uh, the main promotion, uh, this Sunday at the Super Bowl. Nope. All right. <laughs> Or the sequel. Nah. But, yeah, stay tuned. Super Bowl Sunday. Guess I'll have to watch yeah. it just so I can see that trailer. Zombie okay. Love well, so what Studios. Uh, what else you got Here we go. Zombie Love Studios founder Rodney Barnes is teaming up with Snoop Dogg for hmm. a horror anthology comic book series called Tales from the Crypt, uh, an anthology already that is riffing on Creepshow artwork in the tradition of old EC comics, but this anthology will be bringing urban-themed horror stories with introductions by Snoop Dogg with the stories written uh, by Rodney Barnes. Uh, You can expect uh, to see issues of this start to get released sometime in the fall after uh, Rodney Barnes's Blackula graphic novel, uh, which is re- gets a release in September. Well, very Yo. cool. I'm gonna board up and check that out. Yeah, Snoop Dogg's pretty good in the world of horror. He's had a couple of hits, so looking forward to seeing Tales from the Crypt. Yeah, I know. So, so playing black terrifying. Well, Tales from the Hood, Bones. Now this. I mean, yeah. Obviously, he likes horror. Tales from the Crypt. All right, so what else have we got? Uh, finally, I think this is finally. Let me check my – nope, I have two more two more items. Uh, oh, first, right. I want to talk about uh, – since you brought up the uh, Texas Chainsaw uh, trailer in our discussion before, uh, yes. it seems that uh, – where did I put my note? Uh, I apologize for this quick delay. Ah, uh, yes, uh, Fright Rag. Uh, and King, if I'm not correct, you are a big fan of the the, the people over at Fright Rags. Uh, they twenty shirts and counting are yes. Uh, they are betting that uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre fans are wanting to show their appreciation uh, for their film on the close. So they are now taking orders for shirts and hoodies uh, based on the upcoming 2022 Texas Chainsaw Massacre uh, featuring artwork uh, representing. Uh, this upcoming film. So uh, you can head over uh, to the Fright Rags website and search up the Texas Chainsaw Massacre collection, and uh, you'll be able to get a look at some of uh, the Fright Rags designs, which do feature, uh, I know the King was very vocal about his displeasure with the Leatherface mask. Uh, so these mm-hmm. this collection, uh, the mask is prominently featured on several of them, uh, but then there are just some other with, with graphics, other graphics, dialogue, et cetera, et cetera. So uh, if you're wanting to support this upcoming film, 
White Rags is the place to go uh, to check out uh, their uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2022 collection. Yeah, interesting shirts, interesting designs. Uh, they had one that's white <clears throat> that says, I love Texas, and the heart is in the shape of a chainsaw, but it's a white shirt. Can't do it. I don't do white. It's just it stinks. Yeah, I don't, easily, I don't do white t-shirts either. <clears throat> no, I try to avoid them if I can, but I don't know. Like They're interesting designs, but at the same time, I'm not going to buy one just yet until I see the movie because I watch the movie, and it sucks. I'm going to be like, oh, now I'm stuck with a shirt. So $30 on a shirt, and the movie bombed. So, no, I, I think I'll wait until the 18th when the movie comes out. And if I like it enough, I'll, I'll end up buying one. But Fright Rags is a great company with kick-ass horror shirts. So, so can't say And anything. then everybody's going to run out at the same time. They're going to order that shirt. And you're not going to be able to get one, man. And you're going to be like, God oh, darn it. I should have got one when I could. Well, then I can just <laughs> head over to Gutter Garbs or Cavity Colors, where they also have Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2022 shirts. All the those will be sold out. Too. Doing collection. No, no, no. They'll all, they'll all be gone. That would be amazing. All of them. Say, I think that would impress me more than anything. If I log on, if the movie comes out and they're all fucking sold out, I'd be like, wow, okay. Obviously, these people like this movie. I don't know. Onlineclock.net. Today I'm here to show you. Yeah, it's, uh, man, that's going to be funny if it actually turns out to be you know, <laughs> interesting. So, did anybody, so, did everyone get a chance to actually check out this trailer or no? I know the ghoul did. Yeah, I know I you did, Monkey, and I did. Right, yeah. Uh, the, Dean, did you get a chance to check it out yet? I did. Okay. Well, thank you. So, yeah. Uh, look, I'm, I'm, I'm like, I, I have, I, unfortunately, and, 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 but warranted, I have so many bad feelings surrounding the Texas Chainsaw Massacre uh, franchise as a whole. I feel like every couple mm-hmm. of years we get one of these promising us. Uh, the return to the origins and uh, a true story, whatever angle they want to pursue. And it comes out and like the reviews are always terrible. And I I put a lot of stock in what the King has to say about these films. And he never has anything nice to say uh, because I honestly like won't even watch them. I might watch this one. I know it's going to be right there on Netflix and and, and an easy, easy find to watch, but I just, I just don't feel good about it. Like I, I truly will probably yeah. watch this one. I, I truly will. I, I didn't watch the, the last one, the origin story, whatever. Um, I will check this one out because, um, because they're billing this as a direct sequel to like the original film. And I know that's like all the trend and all the rage these days. Like that does interest me a little bit. I'm curious to see uh, what they, what direction uh, they have chose to go with the Sally Hardesty character. Uh, given that she is going to be in this film, uh, given her events uh, that took place, that she took place as as a part of the original film. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, didn't do much for me. And, and you know, that's just kind of how I feel about it, man. I wish I didn't feel so negative about this, this, this series, but aside from, like, the first film, which is a true fucking groundbreaking masterpiece and, like, some comedic yeah. shit with the second film, like... Everything else, I think, has been garbage, and it's such a shame that, like, where, look, we can debate the, the true filmmaking quality of all of the Friday the 13th sequels and all of the Nightmare sequels and all of the Halloween sequels because there are, I think, negatively about, but I just feel like the Texas Chainsaw Massacre stuff has just always been on, like, a whole other level of terrible uh, with everything after the fact. So I just don't have a well, I think part of the yep. problem with the Texas Chainsaw sequels, like, okay, you take the Halloween movies and look at all the sequels in the franchise, right? For the majority, when you get to, you know, especially when you get to Halloween 4 and 5 and all that, 
it follows a formula, if not similar to the original film, or I mean, if not exact to the original film, it's at least similar to the original film. And four and five, especially considering it's just they changed it up from being his sister to being his niece. Um, you know, look at all the Friday the 13th sequels. Same thing for the Nightmare on Elm Street sequels. I just feel with all of the Texas Chainsaw sequels, they are all so far removed from what they mm-hmm. did with the original Texas Chainsaw that it's like the only thing that is similar is the fact that there's a guy wearing a mask and he's got a chainsaw. Um, and, and honestly, looking at the trailer for this fucking movie, it kind of pissed me off because, you know, I, uh, I know the king had no hope whatsoever. He was like, you know what, man, there's just probably no way that this fucking movie's ever going to be good. He's been burned so many times that he's like, you know, he's just <laughs> yeah. done with it. And, and, and I can understand that. But you know what? I think I had like a small like iota of hope. Like when they were like, hey, listen, we're going to make this movie. And, and we've seen films trying to play the uh, we're going to do the, the sequel, putting it into today's thing. But this is going to be that world. And, and we're taking it there. And then I watched that trailer and I was like, this has got none of the ambiance of the fucking original movie. It just nope. seems like a fucking by the numbers slasher fucking movie that is just another shitty Texas Chainsaw sequel. So, great. Am I going to watch it? Of course I'm going to fucking watch it. And I hope to hell that I'm like, you know what? Yay! I had a lot of fun watching that movie. But I don't feel like there's any way that this film is going to make me think back and feel anything in regards to the original film. Because just from the trailer alone, it just really is not fucking even anything near it. Mm-hmm. What about you, Mikey? What do you think? Uh, d- dude, yeah, it's like, um, we 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 checked it out. The, the that that kills looked good. The kills looked you know fun, but at the same time, also like like the ghoul was saying, the film you know it it just looked too clean. It looked too polished. And if you're gonna sit there and go go into Texas Chainsaw territory, you, you know, in my opinion, you've got to sit there and be willing to go into maybe that grindhouse kind of thing and be willing to get dirty on your film and make you feel like, you know, you're actually in there with them like the first one where the movie just makes you feel dirty and sweaty and nasty. It's just it's just got this feel to it and anytime we do something new, it's just I you know, because of all the editing and shit like that, I, no matter what, I'm always gonna feel comfortable like I'm an air conditioning watching a Texas Chainsaw movie. <laughs> what, you, you know, you hit the nail on the head with something right there. You know, one of the things that when I think about the Texas Chainsaw movie, right, I think about it, but I actually don't realize I think about it. One of the things I always relate to the original Texas Chainsaw is the heat. The reason why? Mm-hmm. Everybody's sweating in that movie. They're all yeah. fucking sweaty messes. And that's just something that was just there. It was probably fucking hot when they were filming, and that's it the was. reason why they're all fucking they're all fucking sweating. But little touches like that are fucking huge. You know what I mean? Because I can think about it in the sequels, and it's like, okay, they all look fucking perfectly fine. And, that, oh, they've been running around a lot, so now she's bloody and sweaty. But these motherfuckers were sitting in the truck just driving, and they were pouring fucking sweat, you know? The fucking hitchhiker got yeah. in, and it was a big sweaty fucking mess. Like, you felt visceral. Riding. It felt like, you know what, here we are, and this is where this is that world, that we've never gotten back to yeah, that man, world. Yeah, like, driving... 
through desolate Texas in the heat of summer uh, in a vehicle with a bunch of people that probably had no air conditioning. Yeah, man, it was it was just so it was just so very real and, and dirty and grimy. You know, and that's one of the like, you know, and we thought we're not here to get in a whole discussion about this. But one of the things that made it so great is that they were able to create this whole reign of this whole terror within this film, uh, you know, without barely showing a drop of blood, you know. And that's yeah. something that people mm-hmm. often don't forget, like horror fans that haven't seen it or people that are not horror fans that have never seen it, but just think, oh, what a – I remember see, watching a, a, a special with a, a producer, an interview with a producer who was working on, uh, you know, one of the other films that came out over the last, I don't know, 10 or 15 years. And he was like, oh, we're, we're looking to, you know – you know, advance on things that and happen in the original, and and we're not going to make our version a bloodbath like the original was. And I'm like, what? What fucking movie did like you never saw the movie? Obviously, you know. <laughs> um, you know, uh, so that so that's that's where all that that comes from because it was like on site, on set, and gross and disgusting and and sweaty and hot and all of those things. And being that Texas Chainsaw Massacre is part of the discussion, I do want to say that. Uh, sometime in the near future, I actually am going to be in Austin, Texas, and where I'm going to be in Austin, Texas is only about, you know, maybe maybe an hour's drive to the gas station, and I think that I'm going to, like, get up early one morning and oh, drive shit. out and, like, take, take some pictures and and Dude, and you got to so, go. I just, I just <laughs> said it. I just said You know, hour, hour drive, man, you know, that, that's, that's just going to work in Jersey. You know, <laughs> that's no big deal. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Hopefully you go and have a good time. But yeah. So yeah, don't want to to, to bow this down with Texas Chainsaw Talk, and I definitely don't really have much of an opinion. I, I mean, I've said my piece on it, I and mean, I could go on forever about it. And uh, that's also with the bloodbath thing. Toby was trying to make it a PG-rated movie, so he wanted to take out as much of the blood as he could, uh, but just couldn't make it happen because back then PG-13 didn't exist. PG-13 yeah. didn't come out until 1984. So. It was either PG or X or possibly an R. It just depends on how much you have in there. So he was aiming for PG, but he got the R. But uh, anyway, I just, uh, yeah, I'll have more to say once the movie comes out. And, yes, I'm going to watch it too because, yeah, I just, I can't quit you, Weatherface. I can't. I can't. I'm going to have bad movies are. I can't quit you, brother. I can't quit you, Bubba. I just, I always have my faith that you're going to be in a good one. So I'm kind of hoping, you know, that it is, even though the trailer just, Looked like Halloween 2018 meets Ghostbusters Afterlife meets a Texas Chainsaw movie. Yeah, let's see. All these yeah. three things combined. One of us just needs to fucking win the lottery so we can actually open up Talking Terror Studios where we actually make the horror movies that we want to make. And yeah, Ghoul, you're fucking writing them all. All right? <laughs> but you know, it's honestly, it's like the visions that we have for shit. It's like, you know, if we just had the cash to sit there and fix horror, <laughs> we could fucking do it. Oh, we definitely could, and that's coming one day. Uh, but, yeah, let's get a palate cleanser in because uh, we're, we're in the 10 o'clock hour. Uh, Ghoul, this is your film pick of the week. Love we're in the Monsters 7 o'clock in 2020. Oh, well, for you, we <laughs> oh. on the East Coast are in 10 o'clock. So, uh, just about Matthew Michaels. So, go ahead, Ghoul. You have the floor. Take us out. Uh, what's Love and Monsters about? Think about it, and we'll move on. It's about love and monsters. I mean, it's as literal a title as you can possibly get. Uh, I mean, the the original (laughs) title for this one was Monster Problems. You know, this is one of those films that was like kind of in development hell for a while. Um, Love and Monsters. It's the the story of a young man 
who in an, uh, an uh, apocalyptic world full of mutated giant insects and creatures and all kinds of blood, you know, cold-blooded fuckers, uh, you know, is chasing after his unicorn. And he's following the, the compass that is his boner get to that unicorn so that he can maybe experience love in a world of monsters. Unicorn? Isn't that when you're a girl and a threesome with another guy and a girl? No, that's several triangles. <laughs> no, that's a, that's a male, male, female threesome. That's a triangle. I, I, ju- I just recently learned what Eiffel Towering was, so that was, uh, that was something. That's an eye-opener. It, it's not as uh, it's not not as interesting as, as one would think it is, but essentially, I, I guess it's it's when two dudes are are finger cuffing a girl and they each they high five each other like you know, like yeah, double high five. It oh, it's not as fun like, as docking. Oh, kind of docking is much more fun. No, no, I'm good on docking, bro. Have you ever smelled the inside of foreskin, dude? Like, come on, man. You don't want to dock with anybody. No, I'm circumcised. Yeah. No, no, I'm no I, I just think it's fun. I, 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 Eiffel Tower just sounds like, you know, a finger trap that, you know, that just didn't quite get there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. So, <laughs> what do you think about Love and Monsters? Uh, I, 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 I liked it um, well enough. I this reminded me, and I and I and I should have looked. I should have looked a little earlier, uh, and I didn't. And I can maybe try to like pull it up and, and find it. Uh, this reminds me of another, uh, not a film, a, a series that was on Netflix uh, about a kid. Like this, all it was about a, like a high school kid uh, who had like survived an apocalypse. Like maybe it was a zombie apocalypse, and now. Uh, it was like only high school age kids had survived and were in these different gangs and factions uh, through the community. Yes. As he tried to make his way to find his girlfriend or the girl that he had a crush on or something. Uh, and, and I, I, think I can't the, remember what it was I called. That, I didn't watch I think the thing. told you. That's Daybreak. what Daybreak. That's what it was called. Yes, very good yeah. call there. Very similar. I thought the same thing. Um, so I felt that the vibe was similar, the narration... Uh, you know, and, and I did like that, and I unfortunately did not see all of, of Daybreak, but um, I did watch a bunch of the episodes, and maybe should revisit it. But anyway, I, I did kind of like it. Um, you know, I didn't love it, but I thought it was, like, like it was fun. I, thought, I guess that's the word. Like, I found it to be kind of, like, mindless fun and entertaining, like an entertaining twist on, on, like, a story that we've seen before, but different with all these cool and unique monsters that were sprinkled throughout. It's always fun uh, seeing Michael Wooker pop up, who basically was playing like a, a softer version of, of Merle Dixon. Um, I thought mm-hmm. it was a nice touch that he had the, uh, the, the katana sword uh, and a hat uh, that was uh, similar, not, not totally identical, but similar to like uh, to, to Rick Grimes' hat. Um, and I, I was looking if there were any other, like, I didn't know if that was like a purposeful choice or not, but I was like, hmm, do they have any other stuff on him? Like, like that might indicate like Walking Dead in any way. Uh, but uh, really, really, that's kind of it. I thought it was entertaining, uh, not great. I feel really bad for it because this is one of those films that got killed by COVID. I was reading before that this was made with a $30 million budget and only took him a million at the box office. Like, that made me kind of feel sad. Right. Lucky, what do you think about Love and Monsters? 
Well, before I get into it, uh, we didn't actually get, give the ghoul a chance to actually say what he thought about the movie. Oh, I thought he did there a particular uh, I order. Apologize. <clears throat> oh, no, no, I didn't think we had any order with it or anything. But no, I thought, uh, you know, I don't know. I thought similar to you, Dean, I was thinking Daybreak. Um, I did feel like it, it had that, that familiar vibe to it. Um, I don't know. I found it to be a tame but still fun kind of adventure. The, uh, the, you know, the actor w- w- wasn't horrible. I've seen him in the Maze Runner movies. Um you know, like you also said, you know, Michael Rooker's always fun when, when you get him. Could I have used more of him? Of course, because the fucking guy, you know, just makes everything fun. I think, the, you know, the plot line ran fairly predictable. I'll be honest, the, the, the thing that surprised me is that this actually had a PG-13 rating. You know, this really could have been a PG movie. Um, you know, this, this is like one of those films that works as like a, an entry-level horror film for, for a kid. Yeah, it does. Yeah, that's a, that's a sorry, good way sorry, to put it. Sorry, I hadn't, I hadn't considered that, but that, that's a great point. And I did just want to say with the characters, too, the main character, a little bit, and, and I'm going to bring this up because, uh, Ghoul, you just recently dove back into, into, into the Vought universe. But the main character, personality-wise, and he, not looks completely, but maybe like a little tiny bit, like reminded me a little bit of Huey uh, from, uh, from the boys. But anyway, carry on. Oh, that, that little Wishy-washy <laughs> and Bugstrap, you know? So, yeah, he's a cunt. <laughs> All right, cool. Yeah, all right. Um, and then, yeah, uh, piggybacking on what everyone else said, yeah, yeah, this is nothing original, but it was very, very, very fun. The, um, you, you, you sit there and took this storyline, which is pretty much Zombieland, all right, and then you sit there and add what uh, I really enjoyed, the monster manual that was being created throughout the movie. So um, then you also threw in hints of um, digging up the marrow in there. And you put those together, and you get this fun little almost video game slash anime kind of style movie um, along the veins of almost Monster Hunter, (laughs) Um, but not set in a fantasy world, but modern day. And, yeah, it was just a fun, fun movie with – again, I could have used more Mary Poppins just like everybody else, Um, but (laughs) – yeah, and the monster effects were just I I fucking loved them. I loved the world that they built and it was just a really, really fun movie. Uh thanks for the pick, Ghoul. Yep. No problem, man. What about you, King? How'd you feel about it? I mean, <clears throat> these movies really aren't my thing. You know, I, I tend to stay away from fantasy monster style movies. Uh you know, I drift more towards zombies and slashers. <clears throat> but this movie wasn't bad. It wasn't terrible. Um I could have used a lot less narration from Joel, just because I, like I get it, you know he he's kind of like the the smirking kind of like hey you know I'm a little bit of a slacker if you know what I mean uh, you know I'll make a mean minestrone haha uh-huh. and I'm like a little too much of that you know but I do like his journey into becoming who he is which is not so much of a freezer and more of a, a guy that's not going to be afraid to battle a monster but of course I'm watching this movie and I'm going through it. And what happens? A fucking dog shows up. And I'm like, great, thanks, cool. Because this fucking guy's not going to make it through the movie. Okay, and I'm going to be fucking devastated. Because the dog's going to get ripped apart at some point, and I'm going to be crying. And I'm not going to like it. And I, the dog's adorable. And I was like, of course, it's fun. And, you know, it's adorable. Boy's great. But, yeah, I'm just waiting for it the entire movie. I'm like, when's it going to happen? When's it going to happen? So I could prepare myself. And luckily, it didn't uh, as we get into it. But, yeah, I was like, great, a movie with a dog. And it's a horror movie. So, 
Yay. <laughs> King's going to have a great time. <laughs> Dude, I totally yeah. thought the same thing as soon as, as soon as Boy showed up. I was like, "Yep, <laughs> let's not get attached to Boy." <laughs> it, it was yeah. my worry as well that that was going to happen. There was going to be that that sacrifice sequence in which you know mm-hmm. Boy comes in to to rescue yep. you know Joel as he's you know just just about to finally get nailed, and that'll be you know the the last thing that finally snaps it for Joel, and now he knows. From here on out, he has to be a monster killer. Yeah, okay, yeah. something like that, too. Yeah, and instead they went a different route. But um, and like, uh, the whole premise of it was kind of interesting to me that they have this huge asteroid, Agatha 616, and that the government's like, well, let's just fucking blow it apart with missiles, and nothing's going to happen after that. We're all going to be fine. We're going to celebrate. Parties all around. But what happens, all the cold-blooded creatures that we have in this world – end up getting huge uh, kaiju powers and they become massive and they start killing people. But even goldfish, you know, become fucking monstrous and kill people, you know, according to Joel, one of his friends died that way. Uh, we find out okay. that 95%. Yep. Mm-hmm. Go ahead. Oh, no, I said, I Lucky. just dug the fact that, you know, again, all cold blooded things. I dig that you sit there and go, everyone sits there and gets kaiju powers, you know, again, totally, changing the face of the earth and, you know, totally yeah. fucking up humankind. And that's what they do. And there's all the places no way you can avoid them. So 95% of the population of humans has been eliminated within a year. Um, and for the past seven years, Joel's been living in a fallout shelter, 7045. And he offers nothing to the party. He's alone. He has no partner. And the only thing he's good at is fixing the radio and making minister journey soup. Well, everybody else, they're, they're hunters and they're all gathered up. And they're all fucking all day long. And I'm like, that's probably what it would be like. You're just hanging out in a bomb shelter all day long. You have nothing else to do except have sex. And then occasionally raid, you know, places. Um, so he introduces the colony that he lives with, Karen and Ray, Tim, Connor. Um, good choice of This is the Day by the, the, you know, during the whole introduction sequence. I Thank you, Empire Records, because that fucking <laughs> song is great. Um, but, yeah, we, Kayla and Connor, we find out that a couple of them died, including one of their cows, uh, ate a box of detergent and died. So they have another one named Gertie, which provides uh, milk and then everything else they get from scavenging. So, and then it was like a fallout vibe for me too. If anybody's played fallout, you know, having these, these bomb shelters where, you know, oh, you never yeah. want to go out to the surface. You just want to stay below. Um, you know, Joel's only companion is Mavis, which is a robot that's never really worked. So he's got nobody to talk to, um, but things get dire when the bunker is breached by a gigantic ant. And as much as Joel wants to help, they're like, yeah, just fucking stay behind with the women, please. Because you freeze up and you're a liability, so just hang back. And <laughs> I just I want to go out and fight. And they're like, no, no, no. You know, you got to stay back and make some more soup, you know, because we're going to be hungry when we get back from kicking ass. All right, I'll stay back. Um, as the survivors watch on a thermal monitor, we see that a giant ant has grabbed one of the hunting party members. The party retreats, and Joel arms the crossbow, saying, I'm going to go help him. They're like, dude, don't. He's like, no, I'm fine. Like, nothing bad's going to happen. I'm going to save the day. Watch. And, of course, what happens? Connor is killed, and Joel freezes. And he just can't do it. He can't kill this hunting, you know, this fucking big thing until he's saved by the other crew members. And then we flash back seven years to Fairfield, California, where he's with his girlfriend, Amy, and he draws a very fucking bad sketcher, which includes a beard, but it's not a beard. It's shading for everybody that likes to draw at home. Um, he knows it's terrible, but he's really just there to get it on. 
I appreciate that. <laughs> I draw you something. Not critique. Can we have sex now? <laughs> yeah, it was, it was and great. no, that's because that's when because that's when the asteroid comes down. He gets totally caught blocked by the asteroid. <laughs> I, I just I love the effect of the of the rockets, you know, going up in the air as they're climbing into the back seat of the jeep. And once they realize shit's going down, they have to get out of there. And we cut back to the present, where his drawing skills fucking massively got better in the seven years, because now he's getting his journal together of all the monsters that are out there, including the ant that invaded their, their bunker. And he's telling all this through what, kind of like a letter form to Amy, almost like a diary, because there's just no mail service in the apocalypse. So, But he's writing her letters in, in hopes that you know she'll get them. Um, constantly going back to the ham radio to try to reach out to her. Um, and he finally gets through to her after multiple fucking attempts. She's like, oh, wow, you found me on the first try, huh? He's like, yeah, yep, first try. And then you find out there's a whole notebook full of different places he tried to reach her. You know, <laughs> just saying that he's writing her letters and, you know, I, I want to see you, I miss you, and then, you know, the whole thing um, of just him missing her and wanting to be with her. Then we cut back again seven years Everybody's panicking. Everybody's packing up their cars. Everybody's getting the fuck out of town because the monsters have come. They're all mutated. They're all trying to kill them. Amy has to go back to her family while Joel goes with his, and she tells him to find her, and he says he will, and you better. Like, wow. Which, all right. Apocalypse is happening. I don't know if we have time for this right now, but yeah, <laughs> you know, Joel's a guy in love, so he's going to have to go ahead and find her. There is always time to find yourself some trip. You know what I mean? Apocalypse well, as we, or not. You, you, know, as, you as only need 15 seconds. In a bunker. <laughs> as, as yeah. you see it, well, you might only need 15 seconds. Um, uh, but, hey, it works for the bank. Bunker, sex <laughs> is a very important, yeah. important factor. You know, it's something that's mm-hmm. needed. They even had a baby in the bunker. Uh, oh, I, I enjoyed yeah. I enjoyed the world as, as it got presented to us. I also, you know, for, I, yeah. I typically like movies told in a linear fashion. I did actually enjoy the fact that we bounced back and forth in this one. Um, it kind of gave a, a little bit of a, of a more fun adventure, I think, as we got to see yeah. a little bit of Joel as, you know, as the person that he was versus the Joel who is still kind of that person. And it just helps us see his growth throughout the, the, the progress of the, the film itself. Oh, of course. And, and, and the landscapes that we see along the way are, are great. The creatures that we, we meet uh, soon are great. Um, but in the present day, Joel decides, no more waiting. I'm going to go out there, and I need to find Amy. I need to see her. You know, I've got to figure it out. So they tell him that it's about 85 miles away. It's going to be a minimum seven-day journey. And despite them all saying it's fucking impossible and it's ridiculous you're doing this for her, I don't care, guys. I'm going. I'm going to do it. You know, and he's like, I don't have any purpose here. Like, you guys are all smart and hunters and gatherers, and what do I do? Oh, well, come on, Joel. You, you know, you fix the radios and you make soup. And he's like, and what else? And they're like, oh, I don't know. But we love you. Uh, there's that. There's that. And, and he's like, well, that's not enough. Uh, so Karen gives him a map. Uh, Ray tells him, listen, you are not a fighter, so if anything happens, just run and hide. Don't even hesitate. Just run and hide and then let the monster go because there's just no way you're going to survive a battle with any of these things. Plain and safe, you know. So best advice I can give him. So now he's reaching out of the hatch and leaving and going along the way. And you see all these really fucking cool monster eggs, like bicycles and trees surrounded by cobwebs, you know, from spiders, plenty of death, but he's never seen anybody actually die. 
until he gets, uh, you know, along the way, we'll see. But uh, in this particular first half, he doesn't really see anything except for a giant fucking toad monster that attacks him at a house that he's at. And luckily a dog is there to save him and run to a abandoned bus where the dog knows how to close that door real fast. I was like, oh, adorable. Look at this fucking dog. So smart. Grabbing that ball to close the door shut. Smart puppy. He is a very smart puppy, you know. So, so that brings us to, you know, finally hitting, you know, obviously we'd, uh, we'd see the hints and, and, and distant shots of the creatures. We saw the ant. Um, mm-hmm. that, that invaded the bunker, but it was kind of dark in there. So here's our first shot of, like, one of the, the big monsters. I mean, the movie's called Love and Monsters. So here we go. We got fucking monsters. Yeah. Man, one of the things this movie does well, the creature design is pretty fucking cool. Oh, um, yeah. and, and yes, visually, it is. Visually, they did a great job uh, of creating these things. Uh, they look awesome. I mean, look, it's obviously CGI, but, you know, it still has, like, a, a good sheen to it. It has a physicality to it. Um, you know, I know this film ended up being nominated for its visual effects. Uh, I believe it lost to Tenet. Uh, you know, good old Christopher fucking Nolan and, you know, his yeah. forward-backwards movie, which was completely... Weird, and I want to have to revisit again. I, uh, I I think I enjoyed it, but I don't remember. Uh, I remember watching it, and I think I enjoyed watching it. But I again, like I said, like I watched it, I just don't remember if I really liked it or not. But I did enjoy the visual effects here. This toad effect is really cool. You know, the fact that he's got eyes in his antennae, and then he's got eyes on his mm-hmm. head too, and he's fucking bumping out of the DNA, yeah. and he's big fucking meaty, massive fucking mess of a toad, big long tongue, all kinds was- of crazy shit. It was that tongue was so cool when it when it shot out to try to get Joel. Um, but the next day, Joel decides, well, the next part of my journey continues. I have to leave, so he's going to leave a boy behind, and, and that's going to be it. But boy wants to join him. You know, boy doesn't want to be left alone because his owner is no longer with him. Uh, all he has of his owner is a red dress <clears throat> that was left behind, and that's the one thing that boy wants to bring with him. If he's going on this journey, he'll protect you, but he has to get that red dress in his back. So he can have Which, that to remind him of his owner. <laughs> Again, adorable. Okay, so, so now I know, obviously, I'm, I'm going to jump around a little bit here. This was yeah. something that I thought would eventually come into something. Like at some point, we would discover that boy's owner had died. Or, you know, yeah. there was mm-hmm. also the one line where Amy was like, I, you know, I was with, whatever, I lost somebody a year ago. Now, I know, obviously, the, the obvious idea is that, you know, it was a boyfriend or something, and that's how Joel takes it, and he's all, like, bummed out because he's like, oh, it means, you know, somebody else is fucking dipping in my, uh, dipping in my clam here. Um, mm-hmm. But I thought maybe what would, 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 it would turn out to be was that the person that she lost a year ago was boy, and that was her red mm-hmm. dress. And that was how that was going to end up. Oh. You know, boy would show up, and she would have been like, holy shit, boy, you're alive. And he'd be like, here's your red dress, <laughs> honey. Put it on. I love you in it. Um, <laughs> but no, we, we unfortunately never get anything from that. All no. we know of boy is that he had an owner, and she had a red dress, and we never ever find anything out about any of that. Uh, maybe that was something they planned for a sequel. I, I don't know. I know there were talks that they, they were going to make a second yeah. film, but I, I don't think it is. I think it's like in the wind right now, especially because of the, the box office on it. Yeah, the, the yeah, poor performance. Pretty, I yeah. think you could probably write that off. Yeah, I would assume uh, so. You know what? They released it in October of 2020 during the, the middle of a pandemic, 
And, you know, the one thing that I did notice, like, while watching this movie, I, I don't remember any advertisements for this. I just remember this popping up on my Xbox, no. you know, and seeing it, you know, in the list. I think I ended up getting it, like, on sale. It was, like, for four ninety nine or whatever it was. Um, but I thought it looked kind of cool. I liked the premise of it. I don't even think I watched the trailer. I think I just, like, said, you know what, fuck it, I'm going to buy it. Uh, yeah. I feel like this movie kind of tries to play too safe of a line down the middle of, like, I'm trying to be kid-friendly, but I'm trying to also be like, okay, maybe adults will like some of the themes that we're going with here, but it never goes to one side or the other, and I think that almost kind of hurts this movie, because maybe if this got played a little more like Zombieland, it would have developed more of a cult following and would be considered a more popular movie amongst horror fans, or if they did go more of the kid-friendly route, you would have obviously had the built-in fucking PG crowd, you know, parents taking their kid to go see this movie. But otherwise, I don't think any parent is going to see a movie called Love and Monsters and say, you know what? Love. I'm going to, I'm going to take my kid to go see something called Love and Monsters. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, it's very true. Um, but we also find out with Boy, he could also detect poisonous berries, which is going to come into play a little later in the movie, you know, keeping Joel from eating oh, something yeah. that could possibly kill him. So... Joel eventually falls into a pit that Boy can't save him from, and he's surrounded by a bunch of warm creatures called sand gobblers. But luckily, who's here to save him? But Clyde, Dutton, and Minnow, Clyde being played by the Rooker man himself, Michael Rooker, and then little Minnow, two fellow survivors. Uh, Minnow being a kid, she's still a badass and loves the curse, and I love that about her, that she's just such a fucking angry little kid, you know, and just knows how to kill people. I mean, not people, but creatures. Um, and she's with Clyde because they're going to be heading up north to Snow Mountain because they believe if they go up north, it'll be colder and there'll be less monsters because of that cold. They won't be able to survive. So it's a great plan, but Joel and Boy want to go with them because it's safety in numbers. And, of course, Clyde doesn't really think it's a good idea because, first of all, you're going to save your girlfriend to fool's mission because you have zero survivor skills and you have the attitude of a noble <laughs> warrior flying on the wings of love. So you, got, you could just fuck right off. And, but, of course, they eventually – allow uh, Joel and Boy to go with them along the way. But there's a creature hunting uh, Joel, and that's what Clyde keeps trying to warn him about, is that, yeah, you know, you don't think that it's coming for you, but it is, and it's going to get you, so we better get moving. It's got you set, boy. I just love the scene when Clyde spots, like, the weird creature behind Joel, and he's like, take off your shirt, boy. And he's like, I, I don't get out. I don't want it. And he's like, no, you better do it right now. <laughs> Just take off the shirt. And he shoves it into the rock formation. And it's revealed that it's a big fucking snail. And he's like, oh, man, boy, that, that creature might have saved your life. And he's like, well, aren't all creatures bad? And like, no, not all monsters are bad. I mean, you have to look them in the eyes. You can tell by their eyes if they're good or not. And I was like, okay, good. Good. I we'll always look eyes. Well, well yeah, as we're, soon we're as all, that as soon as that line got dropped, I totally knew that that was going to come up in the end of the movie. Um, you know, so of course you knew that was just fucking Chekhov's gun right there. Uh, but, man, best fucking snail design since the racing yeah. snail in never-ending yes. story, man. You know, oh, yes. I fucking, I love the racing snail in that oh, fucking movie. And 
Holy shit. Holy shit would I love to have a fucking snail like this thing, man. This thing was so cute. I just wanted to grab its fucking slimy little face and put my face in it and just go, you cute little snail, you, and it would get its slime all over me, and I would look all sticky, and it would laugh, and I would laugh, and then we'd go fucking wander off into the wilderness together. That's what I wanted to do with that snail. It was a great design. I definitely liked it. And it's also, again, the Chekhov's gun later on in the uh, the movie. Um, we find out that there's a bunch of rules that Clyde tries to impress upon Joel. Um, like, you can't sleep and have a good meal at the same time. You can't have both. You can only have one. You can either eat or you can stay awake. <clears throat> That's a hard one for Joel. <laughs> he keeps getting yeah, woken up by, by Clyde. You, you can have, you can <laughs> yeah, have sleep or a warm meal, but you can't have both. You can't have both. Yeah. Um, so we, we see through a training montage that uh, Joel's getting better with the crossbow with help from Minnow, who's trying to help him along the way and becoming more attached to him as they spend more time together. We also find out that you don't take shortcuts, target practice every day, keep your socks dry, and you're going to struggle with lesson two. So we find out that these are the lessons he's being taught along the way. Um, and at some point, training complete. Go on with your mission. So Joel's like, all right, I'm done. <laughs> Thanks, guys. Uh, I'm I'm cool. You know, I wish I could go along with you, but you know what I have to do. Of course, Minnow's just devastated by this because she's grown attached to him. So he departs, she, but gives a her dog. a cute lipstick that he found on the bus. <laughs> yeah, well, of course, a dog, you know. And, and I love the fact that boy gives her, like, a final hug. You know, and Clyde's like, oh, he's coming for you. Like, you know, and he goes and, you know, says goodbye and runs back to Joe because he knows that it's going on. So final lesson is to listen to your instincts, and if they're terrible, you're going to die. So be smart with it. Here's your grenade. <laughs> Count to five if you need to use it. Good luck. Do you have two? No, just one. Okay, just check it. You know, because now we're on the way. <laughs> you know, um, like, yeah. here's the thing, too, with the – okay, so so maybe it's that, obviously, you know, the, the crossbow. Yeah, it's automatically attached to Daryl in The Walking Dead. You know what I mean? I think crossbow, it's just – it's the iconic fucking – thing for that character. It's his weapon. Never-ending supply of arrows. It was a never-ending supply of arrows. Obviously, it's because he pulls them out of everything, dude. Um, he's always fucking scavenging, you know. He's, he's fucking Every single ultimate scavenger. Everyone. He never, he never loses them, dude. Um, Master Tracker. But, like... I don't know if they did it for comedic effect, if it was a matter of they just couldn't, you know, I don't know, afford or Maybe they just didn't want to do the special effect to make it look better. But, like, the fucking crossbow in this movie, the way it, like, fired tiny. its bolts, it was like this tiny little thing, and it fired them like they were, like, Nerf bolts. You know what I mean? Like, I could hit something harder with a Nerf dart. Like, this thing, <laughs> it's not penetrating anything. Specifically, it's definitely not going to fucking penetrate a, a, a chitinous shell of a large insect creature. It's just, I mean, come on. It's hard enough to switch a fucking roach or any kind of shelled fucking insect. And they're these tiny little things. If you ever tried to step on them, you got to push them down until you hear that fucking shit crick and crank and crack. Oh, yeah. um, so fire <laughs> these tiny little bolts at this thing. It's just going to kink and bounce right off of it, man. So well, there's something in those bolts because <clears throat> there's something with those bolts though because once they go to another section of the woods and we have the giant millipede attacking uh, poor boy who's underneath the uh, the little duck thing I was like this is it this is when he dies I was like say goodbye to boy because it's gonna happen um, oh yeah I know Joel, he's gonna freeze up. Boy. 
boy. <clears throat> but it doesn't happen because he uses that little flimsy uh, crossbow, fires at the, the millipede, and it dies. So he's like, fuck yeah, dude, ultimate monster slayer right here. Check it out, boy. You know, we can go on with our journey. And he's just revved up about it because now it's starting to rain. It's the first time he's felt rain in a long time. So they find an abandoned motel where they discover Mavis, who is a dying sex bot robot. That, of course, <laughs> it could be a sex robot. But uh, so he's never seen a live working Mavis before, but this one's dying. He's only got about 51 minutes left, uh, 51 minutes of power left. So the bot is a, a female that's willing to help him try to communicate with Amy through the ham radio, which he does. Uh, finds out that he's only 9.3 miles away from Amy, but, of course, there's just not enough power, so it powers down the ham radio. Um, and he tells her that he's coming just before it cuts off. Uh, so Mavis and him kind of have a, a back and forth for a little bit, which is, is kind of sweet for this robot. It was just a bot, but kind of has a, an emotional connection to him because she's been left abandoned for so long. Uh, so they sit outside where she wants to sit, and she goes, well, it's fine. I really kind of want to know your name and where you're from because I have about 14 minutes of memory bank left, and after that it's going to get erased anyway. So he tells her, and she starts to show him pictures of him with his mom and his dad, and it kind of brings back flashbacks to him you know, of, of what happened in his past and the road that he's taken to get here and everything in between. And But she also tells him that your quest is really romantic and you shouldn't give up. But then on the other hand, I mean, what if you get there and she's like, oh, yeah, I don't, I don't, I've been banging so many guys I forgot uh, <laughs> that we had a thing going. Um, you know, or, or a third option is that you just fucking die and the creature eats you. I mean, there's different options. I mean, there's just so many ways to die out there. I mean, you haven't even thought about it. So, and he's like, well, that, thank you for, for the optimism. Um, and then as this goes down, we start to see sky jellies, which are sky jellyfish that, again, I love this effect of just having them float through the sky. And they're not attacking because obviously they're good creatures. And she decides to play Stand By Me uh, before her power finally cuts off and she dies. But, of course, again, one of those sweet little moments in the movie because we're going to get a really bad one coming up when, along the way to Amy, Joel encounters a queen sand gobbler that Clyde had told her about. You'll know when you reach a fucking giant. (laughs) Giant bastard of a creature. Um, And Joel, he's not equipped to, to do anything with this, so they try to find a hiding spot, him and Boy, but unfortunately, boy being attached to that dress is what causes him to leave the monster dog. to them by barking at it. Dog, yeah. you know, boy grabs it, hauls ass across this little stream that they have, and Joel, knowing that he has a grenade, I have to count to five. Okay, oh shit, oh shit, I dropped it. One, two, three, four, five, and on five, <clears throat> he throws it at the, the giant queen sand goblin and blows her to bits. And rather than be like, fuck yeah, dude, we made it. He yells at Boy, and, you know, why did you do that? Why did you give up our place? But he doesn't really have enough time to really focus on that. So Boy runs away as he sees he's being attacked by leeches. All over his fucking body, these blood suckers are sucking on his arms, sucking on his chest. And luckily this is PG-13, so I was like, what about the dick? What about the dick? We oh, dude, yeah. So I understand by me, which, oh, which, man. I, I oh, figured shit, they were going to go with oh, that shit, Chris. because they played the song. Oh, shit, Chris. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, they played Stand By Me. So you figured it'd be one latched on who was done. But uh, no, they just latched on long enough um, to find out that these, these leech bites are poisonous and they'll cause you to hallucinate. But as Clyde had told them, there are plants that are anti-venom plants. And then he eventually sees the plants talking to him as Clyde and Minnow. So he starts eating the anti-venom plants 
and he tells Amy through that letter narration, if you find the best boy, that's my dog, that's boy, and you have to take care of him. I'm so sorry that I couldn't complete the mission to find you. Um, but Amy does show up. She's here, and they are reunited, and they share a passionate kiss before Joel passes out and wakes up in the bunker with Amy's colony. And he didn't actually make out with Amy. He made out with old Pete. Old oh, Pete seemed damn. like he was in the Which oh, they yeah, should have showed. They should have showed that. Instead of show because, you know, they, they cut away, you know, as he's kissing her, and she's got like a – uh, an incredulous look on her face, like, what the hell is going on? But it is the mm-hmm. actress um, in that scene. They should have did something that we've seen them do in other films. You know, you could have had it start yeah. where we were seeing his perspective, mm-hmm. but then prior to him passing out, it goes to the reality, and we see him kissing this this grown man who, you know, <laughs> we know from the Mad Max series as the helicopter pilot. That's right. Dude! Yeah, that's old, that's old Pete. Yeah. It was great to, to see him in this movie, and it's, it's love his reaction to everything. Just very stone-faced. Um, so we see that Amy is we the leader of a group of mostly. Uh, <laughs> yeah. It's fucking Bruce. So, it's Bruce Spencer. This guy is yeah. like, you know, fucking... I don't know. He's, you know, obviously I know him from that, but I also know him from the Legend of the Secret television series where he plays like the the wizard and and yeah, like I don't know. He's one of those weird looking actors that whenever he pops up, he's the the, the train conductor in the Matrix movies. Like he's always taking on these roles in which it's like I'm gonna get covered in tons of makeup and hair and I'm gonna look fucking completely mm-hmm. bizarre and out of my mind because that is what I play to a T. He's just old now. Um, and it works with that because Amy is the leader of a mostly elderly uh, colony, and they're being rescued by uh, Captain Brooks Williams, Wilkinson, a.k.a. Cap, and his crew, Dana and Rocco. They've come on their yacht, and they're going to bring them to a safe place because where they are isn't safe anymore. Um, and, of course, Cap is just full of confidence and tells him that, yeah, you should stay with us because we could always use somebody to fix the radio and make Benistroni. I was like, even here, he sucks. Like, even here, it's like, you, don't, you, know, you can't do anything. Um, but they finally, Amy and Joel get some alone time together after they find out that they're going to party and they're going to leave, and she, that he should go with them. And she tells him point blank, I'm not the same person I was seven years ago, man. Like, I lost my whole family, and I'm kind of mourning the loss of somebody that I really cared about. And he's like, what? You found love with somebody else? And she's like, kind of. And he's like, oh, well, fuck this colony. Dude. all the way here. I was like, damn, dude. I was like, you got caught by a dead guy. Like, that sucks. Oh, like, oh, oh man. So, and she's so not even, like, bad, willing to, like, man. just give it out. It's like, I'm kind of getting over someone. You know, and it's like, on the flip side, it's like, oh, okay, old boyfriend to apocalypse. It's like, that's when you just sit there and just throw that, you know, complimentary pussy out there is like just when you're like okay here's the deal but let's go ahead and do some shit for old time's sake let's have some fun nah man it's not even that in the apocalypse you know the mindset needs to be that you don't have time to mourn relationships you know you don't have time right. for that kind of stuff you could you could take a no. a little bit 
you know, maybe just because it's, you know, it's, it's not right for you personally to, to, to not have that at all. But really, it's a luxury you can't afford when you're within that world, especially when you're in a world right. in which you might be the only people around to start rebuilding the population. And as we see, we have a lot of older folk here that are all alive. They're not about oh, to start making kids. Man. You need to start making the fucky-fucky people. <laughs> yeah. So is yeah, um, she's obviously so, like at the you know at at the very very southern resort here for old people. She's pretty much you know the apocalypse Florida <laughs> with her fucking station. But I mean, this is the part that I actually did like about this movie as well <clears throat> is that Joel makes the decision to leave. He's like, I'm not gonna fucking be here anymore. Like I made this huge journey. She was with somebody else. She obviously isn't into me anymore in a romantic sense. So I'm gonna call my colony on the ham radio. And I'm going to tell him I'm coming back. Uh, and they're all really excited to see him. He sees on the map that they all wrote about how much they love him and that he better yeah. come back and, and, you know, be safe. And, you know, it makes him realize that that's his family. Like, he, this isn't his family with the shore colony. It's with his own colony. Uh, so one of the members of Cat's crew brings him a bowl of berries. And after he uh, makes the call on the radio, he discovers that those berries are the same poisonous ones that boy told him not to eat. Oh shit! Oh, and he brews his own beer. Let's not let's not forget he, that. Did you he know? Brews himself. Yeah. <laughs> he brews his own beer. <laughs> so and it's knowledge. Yeah. Just yeah. to go on top of what you had said about you know him as far as you know just making the decision to go back to the colony. What I like with the way the movie presents it. It's not presented as a failure. It's not presented as right. him doing nope. it because he's at a low point. It's him making the realization that, you know what, I am a worthwhile person. I, I am yeah. of value. You know, I have people that yep. love me, and that's why I don't need to be here. And, you know, having his colony also, like, write those letters, and then when they're on the radio and they're hearing his voice, you know, like, I, I just like the way that was presented because they really could have gone the whole route of, like, making it kind of like, oh, well, I fucking suck. I made this whole journey here. I didn't grow and this and that. But no, they actually did go with that, and they took it in a positive direction. Yeah, I liked it. Um, <clears throat> but with this knowledge of yeah, the absolutely. being poisoned, um, <clears throat> Joel has to go tell Amy now about Kat. You know, that he can't be trusted, but she's fucking drunk, three sheets to the wind. Everybody's partying. Everybody's drinking Kat's beer, you know, and he's trying to tell her, but she's drunk. And that's when Dana comes and knocks Joel out. So when they wake up, they're on the beach. Everybody's tied up. And then Cap reveals that he and his crew are just there to pillow, uh, pillage their colony and that their yacht is being towed by a crab monster that's chained to an electric chain. So we're stealers. using this monster to help us get around. Yeah, that's all they do. Yeah. All they are is just food stealers. Well, which is funny because Joel gets accused of this multiple times in the movie, uh, and finally, you know, it is Cap. You know, I, I originally thought he was one. This guy was one of the Hemsworth uh, brothers. I thought he was the one from the the Hunger Games movies. He does look like movies. it. He does. You know, the, the, yeah. the, you know what it is? I, I looked him up. He doesn't look like it normally. It's just, I guess, the way they presented him with the makeup and and the, and the look. Um, but immediately, because of who he is in the Hunger Games, I just and, and he's not a bad guy, but he's also not a good guy. Like I just immediately think of that Hemsworth because he's not Thor; he's the other Hemsworth. Right. I just think of Liam as the villain. He's always a bad guy, you know what I mean? So like I'm like, yeah, as soon as I saw Cap, I'm like, man, this motherfucker's gonna be, yeah, he's gonna be a shit. But let's get to the metal because there's nothing more metal than electrified crabs. <laughs> yeah, because Cap awakens the crab. 
because it had been sleeping the entire time. So he finally wakes it up. It still has a chain around it. It goes to the beach and starts attacking everybody. So all the it's colony members are uh, running around. Joel <laughs> manages to grab a spear as Dana and Amy are fighting, and he stabs the fuck out of the crab monster. He's like, holy shit, you're really good at this, man. You're getting better. You're getting really good, and you're defending everybody. <laughs> well, he, he utilizes the Leonidas technique. You know, we, we see Le- young Leonidas do this in 300. He kills the bear at the beginning of, of the film. Uh, or, or the, mm-hmm. the comic series, you know, he uh, he just uses the weight of the creature, you know, by, by putting himself in a good position. Uh, I, you know, I I did like this turn. I like the fact that they were using this crab to actually pull the ship. Cap says, "There's no fault yeah. fuel." Like here we have this whole group nope. of people on the beach, and nobody thought at all. Like, hey, where the fuck is this guy getting gas to, to power a yacht? Um, <laughs> the fact that. The fact that they didn't see the yacht getting dragged in by all the bubbles and all the shit that would be churning around and some crab is pulling the damn thing, maybe. I don't know. I don't even know. I wonder what that would look like, a giant crab fucking pulling a boat. Um, but anyway, yeah. the design is, fucking, is awesome. You know what? Even though, like, like I said, we, I knew right from the start, like, okay, the guy's shocking this thing. They said the whole thing before about it's all in the eyes. You know, you'll know if it's bad or not by, by its eyes. And I'm looking at this thing's eyes as it's, it's battling and all that, and I'm like, man, this thing's this designed way too cute, and it's got, you know, the, the whole it's yep. subservient because of the villain. Like, it's got to be a good crab, you know? And, and I'm so happy when it does turn out that way because this thing is adorable. I want to hug it, too. <laughs> it was so great when it happened. But as, as Joel uses that spear and gets it down, who returns but Boy? Boy's returning. He's going to fight. He's in there for it. He's scrappy. He's going to do what he has to do. So Cap tells Dana to shoot the dog with her hand cannon. But Holy the king's like, oh, happen. dude, Whitty actually, like, oh, actually shit, said that. I was like, happening. oh, fuck. <laughs> yep, I was like, this is where it happens. He's going to get blown apart by her hand cannon. But instead, Amy manages to hit the hand cannon. The missile hits the crab creature instead. Cap keeps shocking that monster to keep it going, keep it going, keep it going. And like the ghoul just said, this is when Joel's like, oh, fuck. I just have to look it in the eyes and see if it's a good creature. He's being told, kill it, kill it, kill it. He's like, but no, it's good. Watch what happens when I do this. And he breaks the chain. Oh, and I loved it. When Cap and everybody else is on the yacht, and they're like, oh, fuck, we're going to die. <laughs> we're going to fucking die. And that creature wastes no time. I love that crab monster when it climbs up onto the yacht, and they're like, oh, shit. Immediately eats Dana, kills Rocco, and then the captain. And you just see it on the top of the yacht just yeah. crashing everything. I was like, that motherfucker yeah. is angry. And then, and I like then the fact that he ate tearing the fucking ship apart. <laughs> yep. I was afraid. Yeah, I was ate, afraid yeah. when it started heading towards the ship that we weren't yeah. going to get like the personal comeuppance. I was afraid they were going to go along the lines of what we saw in the one Pirates of the Caribbean movie, uh, when the Kraken mm. just pulls the ship underwater, but you see it from like a distance, so you don't actually right. they, they hadn't shown you what the Kraken looked like yet at that point. Um, so I was afraid that they were just going to go out, and then you know you just see the ship all of a sudden sinking and all that shit. So I'm happy as hell when that thing pops up there, and it's all looking like a like a big giant puppet from like fucking Fraggle Rock or something, and it's like. <laughs> oh, it was a great payoff. I love the payoff. It was so. It was just so great to see the payoff, like you said, Ghoul. Like instead of doing it in the distance, no, we see fucking them get eaten. 
by this crab monster, and they waste no time with the blood and the bones cracking. So I was like, okay, that, I, all right, PG-13 movie, I'm kind of liking this. Um, but once it's all done and the crab has destroyed all of them, we go back and we see Joel telling Amy that he has to go back to his colony, but really you should probably head north. That's probably the best plan where there's going to be less monsters and a lot more cold so they can't attack you. He gives her his monster journal. And they decide to have one last kiss before he leaves. And he's like, that was pretty hot. Oh, right? like, yeah. That was fucking hot, dude. Are you, you have to leave right now? Like, we can go to my room now and just bang she, now, now she's Get wet. it out. Now that he's proven himself an alpha, she's all fucking hot and fucking yeah. sticky for him. <laughs> mm-hmm. and, then, no, instead, and then he pulls the yeah. ultimate player movie. He's like, no, nah, bitch, I got to roll. <laughs> well, not even that. Like, that's how you do it. He tells her that, yeah, yeah, he tells her to find him. So he pulls that reversal on her where, you know, she said it to him seven years ago. Now he's saying it to her. And she's like, you, you bet I, I will. You big dick And you know dude. what? I was hoping, I was a little bit disappointed that he got this whole kiss and that they kind of put them together at the end here. Um, mm-hmm. intimated that that's where it was going to go. Because you know what? The whole idea, again, with him growing, with him knowing that he was going to go back, her having whatever, I actually would have been okay with them parting as friends, knowing that, you know, whatever that yep. relationship was, that was the people that they were, not the people that they yep. are. And like I said, the whole thing I figured was that something was going to come up with dog and the red dress, and maybe that girl is the one that was for him. You know what I mean? And that oh. whole time, that, that, that boy was actually the yeah. one that was going to lead him to his true love. And, and Like you said, yeah. Mm-hmm. Obviously didn't happen. No, it didn't. Well, you know, I, 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 I didn't have a problem with it because, <laughs> to me, like the like the uh, the monkey said, it's the ultimate player move. It's like you realize that you know she had somebody while you were apart, and now you get to walk away with that final kiss, being like, "See what you missed out on <laughs> later." And then it's like, "Yeah, it's such a badass move." I was like, I, I liked it. Um, Joel makes it back the seven day journey to his colony. They're all reunited, and they're all so happy to see him. And he's like, "You can't believe this, but I had a whole adventure." Um, I'm going to take this radio. And then he starts telling everybody that it's available on the radio, all the colonies. Like, don't be, listen, don't be afraid to go outside. Like, if anybody can survive like me, then you're fine. If I can survive, you're going to be fine. The world's a fucking beautiful place. So leave the bunkers, go out, explore. It's dangerous, but it's so worth experiencing. And he decides that he's going to take his colony up north to join Clyde Minnow. And that's who we close out on. Clyde Minnow made it. They're on Snow Mountain, and they're very excited. And Minnow is just walking around saying, he's probably going to fucking die, you know. Like, I mean, he'll come, but he's probably going to not make the journey. And, you know, he's, he's weak, and, you know, he can't fight for himself. And Clyde tells him, yeah, he'll figure it out. And I think he's going to be just fine. So Clyde has the optimism, you know, this time around, and you've got to give it to him. Because once he tells I'm Clyde very stories, yeah, I think Clyde's going to be impressed. <laughs> <laughs> Is that, oh, the yeah. end is that way with him hugging Minnow and just waving at the camera. I'm Mary Poppins, y'all. Just, yeah. just, like, just like Bilbo Baggins, Joel has made yeah, it there exactly. and back again. You know, he has made that adventure. He has survived all of that. So yes, he's going to embrace his future. Just, just, just like 
how we, we live in this world now, and, and people need to, to start understanding that we can go out. You know, I know we're about to, to yeah. lift the, ma- the mask mandates here in New Jersey for, like, all the kids, so everybody's all fucking excited. I think it's, like, the first week uh, in March, like, March 7th or whatever. Kids don't have to wear them in schools. Um, so I know all the kids are all like, yay, so great. Everybody can fucking pick their nose and stick their fingers in each other's fucking mouths again and just get regular sick, you know? Now we don't have to worry about getting COVID sick and just be back to fucking normal fucking bacteria. Um, but, wow. Yeah, so, so, yes, absolutely, man. I thought, again, I, I enjoyed the ride that this movie that this movie took. Uh, I, I wouldn't mind. Same here. I think this would actually work well as a a series of sorts. You know what yes. I mean? Like, they could put something together where mm-hmm. you can explore, like, different areas and, and maybe we can they see more of the... It was the, called Daybreak. The, that was with zombies <laughs> and gangs. I know. You know they, they they made that series too. It was called The Walking Dead. Um, yeah, they did. You know, just just didn't have teenagers <laughs> in it. I'll, I'm done with the no. zombie thing. You know what I mean? Like it's been fucking overplayed. Yep. It's been Same. killed to fucking death. I know when I was in California with the Dean, we tried watching whatever that latest uh, Korean zombie thing is, like We Are All Dead or some shit like that. Oh yeah. And uh, okay. we're all like, dead. It, it like had all some of like all of us are dead. All of points to it, but you know what? I got home and I said, "Oh, you know what? I'll probably pick it up and continue watching it." And I still haven't. You know, it just, uh, it's just—it's another fucking zombie show or another zombie movie. You know, it's, it's no fucking different than anything else I've seen with zombies in it at this point. So I don't think there's anything else to do with zombies anymore. Uh, <laughs> all right. All right. Looking, uh, yeah, so, looking forward to next definitely. week. Uh, it's the Dean's pick. So what do you have for us, Dean? What are we watching next week? Something from France? Uh, something with zombies? <laughs> A no, zombie no, movie. no. Sometimes <laughs> no zombies either. No zombies either. No, next week we are going to watch a film from 2019 uh, that you can find on Shudder that is called The Pool. The Panty uh, Pool? <laughs> the Panties in the Pool? <laughs> the we will find out. The we'll pool. have to find out. This is oh, here pool. we go again. The panties is this, uh, are in the pool. Uh, so you said, said it's on Shutter because the one I pulled up is from Thailand. And it's from 2018. So, uh, Thailand, yes, but I have 2019 on Shutter. Okay, well, no, I, I just pulled it up. There's another one. There's a lot. Of, I guess there's a lot of pool movies. Yeah, okay. So, I don't know if this is the okay. right one. But it's directed by Anders Lemberg, so I don't know. I'll just I'll just check my fucking shutter. I don't know why I'm looking at that. Right. All right. So anyway, uh, Dean, it, 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 about, Dean, yeah. it, cool. Dean, is it because it's a link? Yes, I just said that it is. It's it, and it's directed okay. by King Lumprapale. Okay, so what? King, the the first movie you said, the 2018 movie, yeah. is the one that it is. Yep. Yeah, this one says 2018, but directed by Ping is on a lot of fucking vowels and letters. So we'll figure no, it out. No, there's Ping actually Ping only Kong three Kong vowels. Kong there's only three wow. vowels. Wow. Okay. There's a, that's that's a lot of vowels. That's three more than I have. So anyway, okay. we will be talking about the pool next week in 2018. How, how, uh, so th- how romantic for Valentine's Day. <laughs> well, if you're romantic, you're going to go where? To a pool. So there we go. Anyway, thank you oh, so much yeah. for joining us tonight, Ghoul. And I'm not Ghoul, I'm sorry, uh, Dean, as you close out. Yes. Bye. All right, Bye. next week.
Yes. Uh, we're ready for next week to, to talk about the pool. Yes, we can't okay. wait. It's going to be so exciting. So exciting. Monkey, go ahead and sign yourself off. All right. Thanks for listening to tonight's episode of Talking Terror. Good night, everybody. <laughs> All right. And Ghoul, why don't you go ahead and sign yourself off? Love, people. Love. With all of your heart. Love. And stay scared. I couldn't have said that for myself. <laughs> and as always, I'm your old pal, the King of Heart, Andy G, saying, I love you all. Hail, Odorous. Hail, Satan. Because I said it last night, I heard it enough. Keep America strong. Watch horror movies. And we'll see you back here next week for more of the month of love with The Pool from 2018. I'm a come baby. Come baby. <laughs>